I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Who thinks of taking all the good we got and turning it back? Hell, I'll be damned. I think I'm turning into my old man. Am I the only one willing to bleed? Take a bullet for being free. Screaming what the fuck at my TV for telling me. Yeah, are you telling me that I'm the only one willing to fight for my Watching the threads of old glory come undone Am I the only one not brainwashed Making my way through the land of the lost Who still gives a shit and worries about his kids As they try to undo all the things he did Am I the only one who can't take no if you don't like it, there's a fucking door This ain't the freedom we've been fighting for It was something more, yeah, it was something more Am I the only one willing to fight For my love of the red and white and the blue Burning on the ground, another statue coming down in a town Watching the threads of old glory come undone Not the only one Play Springsteen song. Am 
am I the only one sitting here? Still holding on, holding back my tears for the ones who paid with the lives they gave. God bless the USA. I'm not the only one I can't be the only one And good afternoon, Patriots. Welcome back to another Patriot Party Podcast, as I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my independent and um, very heterosexual wife, <laughs> V-Lynn. And uh, we welcome you today, and we are wishing you all a happy Independence Day, as it is the 4th of July. It is our independence. Uh, for once, my flag means something behind me, uh, as it always does, because I am completely defiant. So is my wife, as you can see. We are both rocking our defiant t-shirts because Christ, it is time to be defiant. If there has ever been a time before it is now. And, uh, we sit here today. It is the 4th of July. We remember, uh, shit. I've too many friends to remember today amongst other things, but also to remember why we're here because we are free or supposed to be free and we, sh- or we should be free at least. Um, and that's what, uh, 90% of, shit my family is you know dedicated our lives to so uh that's the reason we're here today just remember that keep that in mind while you're thinking about while you're out there drinking having a good time eating your burgers it's not about the burgers it's not about the drink it's about the flag it's about the red white and blue it's about the stars and stripes it's about the stars and bars and keeping all that shit alive because christ that's what we are you know you fought for our freedom your friends your relatives my relatives they all fought for our freedom and people forget too often that freedom isn't free. It's not just something that's given to you because anything that's given can be taken away. And if it can be taken away, you can't consider it a freedom. That would be true. So we were in church today and the priest Monsignor, I was a little worried about him actually. Yeah, um, he kept referring to everything in 1976, yeah. and I was like, "Wait a minute, Our no, that wasn't only forty was something it, years it's old. Forty, it's not no, as no. old as I am." It was no. like he was scared to say 1776, or maybe he's just older, or other issues. I'm not sure, but um, he said something about praying for peace, and I'm all about praying for peace. But there is a time for peace, and I don't think that that time is now. Well, well, slow your not roll. Not that I am slow your roll. Calling because- for violence in any way, shape, or form, but you, peace. You don't. You don't have to fight to not be peaceful, right? You can. You can stand up with words like we do. You can be defiant. Peace we- requires. 
piece requires a modicum of respect, which is something that has been lacking in this country. And not to mention, I mean, it also requires, and I hate to say this this way, but I'll say it this way, uh, a modicum of manhood. There's a lot of people out there and I've seen more and more and more. And I'm so proud of people because they are standing up. There's people standing up there saying, look, uh, I don't need some sissy with a man bun walking around me talking about how my drapes look good. I need a guy who's going to protect me, who's going to protect my family. I need a man. I don't need, this is where we've come. I've noticed it and we've talked about it before. We've had the conversation before where we've noticed the, and I got to go back to a Carlin piece, you know, the sissification or the pussification of the American male. I mean, you look at it. When was the last time you saw a real, I mean, now like people look at bikers, oh, well, they're just dirty, greasy guys. No. You know, back in the day, that was what everybody wanted to be. Everybody wanted to be James Dean. Everybody wanted to roll a pack of fucking cools up in their sleeve underneath their white t-shirt and roll down the road with their sweaty mama on the back. And if you couldn't see her or she wasn't there anymore and you could read the back of his t-shirt, she fell off and he kept going. But that was the idea about being a man. This shit that we're in today, tight jean wearing fucking weirdos and homos. I, I, I don't know. I. I can't keep up, so I'm just whatever. I guess I'm well, just old. I, I have I have something to say on that because I, I have a man. When was the last time I saw a real man? I'm staring at one. And yeah. <laughs> there must be another guy in here. There must be a ghost behind me, folks. I'm looking. Stand by. Nope, no ghost. But, nope. I guess she's staring at me. <laughs> Fuck. And that's not to say that I'm a weak woman, and I think that there's too many women these days that think that they don't need a real man because they're so strong and independent. And let me tell you, as a very strong and independent woman, I still appreciate my strong man. I, I, I would not do without you. And well, and that's where a lot of women are kind of, I mean, they're finally standing up. They're saying it. They're, they're out there screaming it at the top of their lungs. Thank God. It was funny because yesterday we went out on a friend of ours boat and, uh, we got to tool around. We got went to a couple of different places and we're sitting there at one place and I was looking around. I was just looking at, there was like of everybody there. I was like one of, I think I could count them on a hand, on my hand, one of three real guys at one of the places we stopped at. I was like, everybody else was like walking around. They might as well have been wearing Speedos. I mean, seriously, because they- The, the hot pink board short or not, you can't even call them board shorts because they were like- swim shorts, you know, halfway I, up the thigh with banana peels on them or flamingos. I and have that, no idea. Yeah. That guy was a little weird. <laughs> they were all a little weird. So, well, not all of them. Some, some of them were it, cool, It's just but. part of it. Um, and then we sit here today and uh, it is the 4th of July. And I, I look back and it's funny because I think about where we're at now. And, uh, you know, our priest this morning, when he was talking, when he's uh, given his uh, little bit there, one of the things I, one of the things he focused on was a line from the Declaration, which I was like, man, yeah, that's a famous, that is a very famous line because he really focused in on uh, we hold these truths to be self evident and not all men are created equal and that they're all endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And he said that, and the most important among these is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And he focused in on that one. And I was like, man, of all the lines in that document, the most important one, it's the most that. important one is not that one. I mean, don't get me wrong. That holds, that kind of lays the framework for what the Constitution became. 
But the most important line in that whole document, you have to go almost clear down, clear through the middle of it right before we get to the part where we, we start you know, laying out our case against Great Britain. Because if you really look at this, this was a legal document. If you look at what the declaration was, it was a legal document for us to lay our case out why we didn't no longer require to be underneath the crown and needed protection from the crown. And the fact that the 13 colonies in the United in, in these United colonies, they were independent of themselves and independent of the country of Great Britain and how that they could act on their own and how they could do their own thing without the approval of Great Britain. That's like all of the signers, the what, 50, 56 signers that 56 were signers. 56 signers that are on the Declaration of Independence. Every single one of them, if you really boil this down, they were signing their lives up into including all of their lives, their, their fortunes, their families, their lives. They were signing all of that on a document that if it went bad, they were screwed because those 56 would be publicly hung. They would be shot, drawn, quartered, probably sent to the four corners of the United Kingdom at that point um, with heads on spikes and the whole bit. They're, I mean, we're talking about the most gruesome, horrific death that you could think of because that's what the British had done over and over again. It would probably be in this in the same boat. But the... Um, the line that I'm referring to is, but when the long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same objects invinces the design and reduces under absolute despotism, it is their right. It is their duty to throw off such government and provide a new and new guards for the future security. That is the most important line in that whole document to think that all of those men on that day, July 4th, 1776, were signing their, penning their names to a document which is talking about the open, open rebellion against the crown, which had never been done before. First time ever. Yep. Not even the Irish were that ballsy. And the Irish are really ballsy sons of guns. Yeah. Yeah, they are. But never did a country do that until we did it in 1776. And that to me is the whole point of why we're here today, what we celebrate today. If you, if you can't get that or you don't understand that um, you might be liberal, you might want to go check your, you, you know, just check your white privilege, conservative, conservative values, because you might be liberal. That is the most important part of that document. Don't get me wrong. Everything else la lays the framework for what the constitution is, but the most important words that, people spoke that day in 1776 was that line because it was essentially saying, look, it's not our right. It's our duty that we get rid of the government that we currently have at hand and we start anew. That's basically what they're saying. They're not saying that, look, it's not only your right, but it's your, it's, you're required to do it. If you're a member of the government, you are required to do that. And that is the most important part of that document. Well, We've, we've gone very far astray from there. So uh, two days ago, hmm, well, I'll let, you tell, I'll, I'll let him tell you himself. This is what Biden had to say about what it means to be an American. And then we can see what the founders would have said about it. I've often said that America is the only nation in the world founded on an idea Every other nation in the world is founded on basically either uh, that, that your geography or, or 
ethnicity or religion. You can define every, almost everyone else based on those characteristics. But you can't define America. I defy you to tell me what constitutes an American. You can't do it. We're an incredibly diverse democracy. But there is one thing that does define us as a country. We're founded on an idea that we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Sounds corny to Americans as we learn this in grade school and high school. We've never fully lived up to it. We've never, ever, ever walked away from it. Well, the problem with Joe right there, first of all, is it's not taught in grade school. It's not taught in high school anymore because that's considered revisionist history. That's considered part that falls under the 1619 project. Well, uh, that's racist. Well, that's not actually that's not exactly true, because actually every eighth grader gets a copy of the Constitution on Constitution Day. Yes, but not a copy of the Declaration of Independence on the 4th of July. You're right. Well, they're not in school on the 4th of July, so you're right. They don't teach it. But so, so tell me, um, go ahead and, and play this, uh, this corny idea that defines an American. Uh, and folks, this is going to be a little lengthy, but uh, do Listen. this every 4th of July. So I'm going to tell you right now, this is like, uh, this is my wheelhouse, folks. When you get in the revolution, I, I, I can spit facts that you probably weren't even aware of that I taught other teachers. Hey, nope. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I've gone and reprefaced and rephrased everything they've said and then said, what were you talking about? Because that doesn't even comply or input into the same conversation. Either way, uh, we found this little gem and uh, it's a it's a little bit long, but uh, I like it. And uh, VLAN liked it. So we're going to go with it. So uh, enjoy. So if you've never heard the declaration in full, in its entirety, you're about to hear it. And I, I, I kind of liked how this one played out. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such forms as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, 
and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislators. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial, from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, 
abolishing our most valuable laws and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments. For suspending our own legislators and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attention to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our emigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in General Congress, assembled appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the british crown and that all political connection between them and the state of great britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war conclude peace contract alliances establish commerce and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And there you go. And that is the Declaration of Independence from start to finish. That is all that document contains. And you heard a lot of crap in there about what the king did to the American colonies. Sounds familiar. R eerily familiar. Eerily. 
I mean, taxation without representation, yes, it was all part of it. But you heard what he said about demanding judges do their his bidding, basically, based on their salaries, based on their longevity and their position in the court. Armies being formed on the country in which, or on the continent in which we were at. Uh, we told them about how we got here, why we were here. All of these things were all... All this was was a legal document. A lot of people don't realize that. It was a legal document saying, look, we've told you all this. You've taxed us without any representation in your government. We, you've taxed us. You've done everything to us. You massacred our civilians in Boston with the Boston Massacre where they killed 13 Americans that day um, in downtown Boston. Um, you, you kill our civilians. You take our houses for your troops whenever you want. You take our land for your troops whenever you want. Uh, you do not pay us back for it. You do not pay anything to us. You cut off our trade from other countries because you're con we're considered under the crown. Therefore, all the trade has to go through England. We've said this over and over again that, no, we want to make our own trade. Could you imagine if King George back then – and I always, I always ask a lot of kids this because – Kids are the ones that I see the light bulb go off first when you start talking about this stuff. You start talking about what the Declaration of Independence, what it was like to live back then. Could you imagine if King George actually listened to the American colonies? Would there be a United States of America? Probably not. No, there wouldn't be. Because all we wanted was representation in the British Parliament. We wanted, if you're going to tax us, let us have a vote on what we're, you're taxing us on. We wanted to be treated like... The An citizens equal, that lived in England were correct, treated. That correct. was it. That was all we wanted. That's it. And King George couldn't make that happen, thank God, because we wouldn't be here right now if King George didn't do that. And now all we want is to be treated the way the other side is treated. No, all we want to be all, all we want is fair treatment, but we want it all the way across. Across the board. Across the board. Everybody treated fairly. Absolutely. Not wrong, not right, not indifferent, not different, just the same. You want fair treatment. I, I hear it all the time. I hear, you know, the trans, holy Jesus. I hear them all the time. The trans group, you know, they're coming out. Well, we want fair treatment. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, what the hell, the, uh, I mean, do you want, does everybody realize that like gays and lesbians right now are coming out after they're going against the trans like group? Yeah. They are going after them because what they feel is, uh, no, you want to go to be in one straight sex. You're not actually flipping sides or you're not staying within your own sex. You're actually going to just convert and become a woman, but you still like men. So where's the, where's the gay lesbian part of that? And honestly, with their argument, I, f I actually found it hard to argue with that. That is makes sense. It goes against everything that the gay and lesbians, gay and lesbian people have been fighting for for years. They just want to be treated the same. Okay, well, everybody wants fair treatment. Let's go with fair treatment. But let's also make sure that if you're born a man, you're not competing in a woman's sport. You will compete in a man's sport. Absolutely. If you're born a woman, you're going to compete in a woman's sport. You're not going to compete in a man's sport. You want to be a man, that's fine, but you're not going to compete in a man's sport. Because you know, the first woman, think about this, the first woman who wants to become a man joins the NFL and gets killed on the field. Who 
is the ones that are going to be responsible for that. Okay. So there's a, there's an interesting argument to that because women who are transitioning to men take testosterone, which gives them a significant advantage over women who do not take testosterone. Or men that don't take testosterone is what you're talking about. It, well, trans, what? I don't even, honestly, I'm, I'm not up on the- Because it's a steroid. It's, it's, it's a steroid. That's Correct. what it is. It, Testosterone exactly. is a steroid. Given and to the, in the right amount, it's a steroid. You build muscle faster, people, you recover faster. born men get testosterone in utero. Correct. Which automatically gives them a natural advantage over women as well. Correct. So really, to be fair- Women that transition to men and take testosterone should compete in men's sports against men. Yeah, but my but point is men this. Men that, that transition to women should not compete against women. My point is this. Because they are not equal. Well, that's a real effed up argument. You can't really say that. But, but And I, I say this because if you think about it, the first girl who goes to become a guy and steps onto a field and gets killed what then? I mean, because bye-bye NFL. Bye-bye fucking... Well, the NFL is gay anyway. Well, that's what they came out this week and said. I mean, Yeah, they're not, gay right? and lesbian and, and happy and whatever. So, I mean, I've been saying the NFL is gay for years. Yeah, we know. So, we all know. Thanks <laughs> so for destroying my fun. The fact that I was proven right again, it completely made my day. <laughs> well, either way, uh, I, I'm just... I mean... It, you want fair treatment. You want dissolution of all of your, you know, right now what we're doing is, and I'm what I'm watching at least. And again, we're, we're kind of more on the front line than the sidelines, but um, we're kind of sitting from the front line, looking at the sidelines going, we're watching our rights. You know, that's why we started this podcast off today with this song. This is actually a new song. Um, it just came out not too long ago. And uh, I know we're not the only one because we've got, thousands of you all that follow us and I, I applaud you all today. And if you're listening to us today, thank God, um, wish yourself a happy independence day from us to you. Um, but either way, um, I, I sit there and I, that's why we play that song because I know we're not the only ones, but sometimes it feels like when you look around and you watch what's happening in this country, you watch people letting their rights be trampled. And they don't even notice that they're being trampled because they think, well, oh, well, this is for the public good. This is all for the good. Like we can, you wear masks because you're saving grandma and grandpa. No, 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 no. That's because somebody. They, because they just want peace. That's where I was going before when I said, I, I really, I, I don't think this is the time for peace because people. Are, no, they want people subservient. They don't want yes. peace. They want subservience. Well, That's a different people call. People see it as being peaceful when in fact they're being subservient, they're being trampled on yeah. and it's sold to them as peace, right? Or it's sold to them as saving grandma and grandpa. Exactly. Or going back to normal yeah, or whatever it is. And you hear it all over the place now because you hear it on TV, you hear it in commercials. Oh, well, we just want to get back to normal. What? What? What is normal? Yeah. How can you define what normal is? Who are, first of all, who are you to define what normal is for me? Because normal for me is not normal for anybody else. I can tell yeah, you that right now. I'm truth. a fucking weirdo. So <laughs> just leaving that out there. But I mean, again, it's just like, that's just my point is that people have become so accustomed to it. They even, and what I do with it, there it is. And I'm going to 
read this line, not this line, not the same line that I read before, but this other line that actually it, it opens this up. It says exactly what I'm saying. Essentially it says, uh, uh, hold on, let me find it. Most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed in the, in light of transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that all mankind are disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable. Then that the right themselves by abolishing these forms in which they've become accustomed. They're, they're saying it right there in the declaration of independence. We become accustomed to people trampling our rights. Think about everything that you hear about the second amendment, the first amendment, Christ, all these forms of, um, you see it today, bigger than shit on Facebook, on uh, YouTube, the the censorship, just the censorship everywhere. That is trampling of your rights. I know it's, it's petty. It's minuscule. It's in a stupid document that, well, Joe Biden thinks is just an idea. It's not an idea. This is a living document in which we live by. We dealt with this over 245 years ago. History repeats itself. We're dealing with it again. We have a tyrant that lives in Washington. You know, I know everybody hates Mel Gibson for the most part. I don't. I, I don't hate Mel Gibson. I think Mel Gibson is a great actor. I, I think he got shit on because he wouldn't Well, he's a Christian. Ad- adhere to the establishment, the elites. Well, not only that, he's also, you know, has he said some wrong things in the past? Sure. Who hasn't? Who hasn't said something wrong before in the past? Who are you to cast a stone at a glass house when you yourself live in a glass house? That's my first question. Secondly, you know, he said something in The Patriot, and that's obviously like one of my favorite movies of, of all course. time because it is centered around the revolution. And more more specifically, Francis Marion, the Swamp Fox down here in Georgia and South Carolina. Um, and I've been through Santee. I've seen Santee. I've seen all the ban- battlefields of Santee. And I got to tell you right now, that's a pretty good description. That's a pretty good visual of what probably it was like back then, what life was like back then. But he said something that in the Patriot that is always stuck with me. Um, when he was actually arguing against war, he, he was the one that I stole the line from like, look, this is not going to be fought on some distant shore. This is going to be fought in our backyards. If we go to war again, if we have another revolution in this country or another civil war, this is not going to be on some foreign shore. It's going to be fought right here in our backyards. We're going to see the toils and the spoils of war for ourselves which a lot of Americans have never really dealt with because they don't understand what it is to be at war. Um, Those warriors out there, my type, my guys, the guys that wore this uniform that walked around and said, I'll lay down my life for this country. Those guys have, they know what war is. They're not, they're against it just as much as I am. But one of the things he said that has always stuck with me, he said, you know, why would I give up one tyrant living 3,000 miles away than 3,000 tyrants living one mile away. And that's where we're at now. And literally, we have become that culture, exactly what he warned about in that movie. We've kind of become that culture. And it is a scary thought to think about that we're there, that somebody may or may not have said 245 years ago when arguing to not go to war with England that we would end up with 3000 tyrants a mile away. Exactly. And that's 245 years later. Is that not a scary thought to think it, when you actually visualize all of that, it's just a thought I had. I, I Again, it's, history repeats itself. It's the independence, you know, what are you going to do? But anyway, moving right along, we're going to hit our first story. One of our first stories today is the, uh, well, 
after our because we did our freedom bit and we did our independence bit. We did, and he, here's uh, this. This goes right along with freedom here. So Mick actually sent me this article the other day, and it kind of scared the crap out of me, even though I saw it coming a mile away. So the Department of the Army Headquarters sent out a directive telling commands to prepare for mandatory COVID vaccines as early as September 2021, according to the Army Times. Commanders will continue COVID-19 vaccination operations and prepare for a directive to mandate COVID-19 vaccination for service members on or around 1 September, pending full FDA licensure. Commands will be prepared to provide a back brief on service member vaccination status and way ahead for completion once the vaccine is mandated. The order suggests the Army believes the vaccine will be fully approved by the FDA by that time. As of now, the vaccines are only approved for emergency use, so receiving it is optional for the troops, although many units are using group punishment and other measures to press their personnel into getting the vaccine. The Navy also warned of an eventual vaccination mandate even though they have the highest vaccination rate of all the branches. So far, the Pentagon has not put out any hints of a service-wide vaccination mandate for a September timeframe. We've attached an updated Army COVID information video, which should be fully trusted at face value because at no point in history has the Army ever lied about vaccines. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) Hold on. (coughs) I got a cough in the back of my throat. (coughs) So this, there's, there's a number of things in here that, scared me. First off, the fact that they anticipate the vaccine getting full FDA approval in the next two to three months. That would be accurate. That was the one that scared me initially is just the fact that the date, what they're laying down there. It's You, you have to remember, uh, the army doesn't do a whole lot without government. They have to have government approval and government oversight. All of that shit has to be because we're not allowed to act on our own in the army. You're not allowed to act on your own without uh, civilian oversight, I should say, is what it's called. What it ends up being is civilian oversight. The military doesn't just dictate on its own what it does. However, the 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 part of that, that the reason I send that to VLIN was that I saw that. And then I saw that there are already... So folks, if you don't understand what this is, they're kind of like prep, prepping you. This is like, hey, we're going to beat the shit out of you now. Let you know that, hey, come 1 September, the FDA is going to approve this vaccine, which is a scary thought considering all of the things we've read, all the things we've talked about, all the things we've saw, all the things surrounding the vaccine, deaths around the vaccine, uh, how the vaccine is. Co- there's complications to the vaccine, whether people want to admit it or not, there's complications to the vaccine. I know doctors don't want to. I know the FDA doesn't want to because Christ, now we're talking about money. Now you're talking about the dollar bill and the dollar bill takes you everywhere. Well, speaking about doctors, you know, I did a little survey. We know a lot of doctors, Mick has gone through, if you're Relatively new to us, Mick went through some pretty significant surgeries over the course of years. 35. Yeah. So, and I kept, I kept in touch with most of his doctors, but really I kept in touch with his doctors and nurses because, and a good XO is hard to come by. Let me tell you, uh, a doctor's nurse, their primary nurse is a wealth of information. They know everything that goes on. The doctors listen to them more than they listen to anyone else. So, there are quite a few that I kept in touch with. So I made some phone calls over the past week or so, and I reached out to them and I said, uh, of course, they don't know that Mick's already gotten the shot, but I asked them, I said, hey, you know, I'm, we're talking about Mick getting the vaccine and 
you, you know his past medical history. What do you think about that? What are you seeing in the wards? What's going on right now? And without fail, every single one of them told me that everybody that is currently in their wards is vaccinated. Every single person. And that is in the heart wards. So we're talking um, cardiac wards, uh, neurological wards. And what really, really scared me was the oncology wards. So I actually started hearing reports of rapid onset cancer coming out of the vaccines. That is scary. That's really scary. So uh, then there was another study that came out that said that the mortality rate from the Delta variant is eight times higher in fully vaccinated individuals, eight times higher. And yet CNN is claiming that unvaccinated people are virus, they're, they're just churning them out. They're blaming the unvaccinated people population for the Delta variant. But I think it's really funny because where is the Delta variant showing itself the most? In the vaccinated. In the vaccinated. And it's showing itself in the, the populations of the most vaccinated. So like California and New York, they have the highest vaccination rates. They have the highest Delta variant rates because the people so, that are vaccinated are actually the ones producing the Delta variant. doesn't so, have anything so Mike, to do with the unvaccinated. You, you ready for this one? This is my question. This is what really hit me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. What you're saying is really important, but we've had uh, travel from India cut off for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. My question is, how did the Delta variant get to the United States? Well, that's an excellent question. Because there is no way that the Delta variant made it to the United States when we've had Indian travel cut off for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. And I know this because I went and looked it up and- we cut off travel, Trump cut off travel to India almost two months after the beginning of COVID. I'm sure they're going to claim that it came from someone that came over from Britain, from the UK. So, because it's also prevalent, supposedly, in the UK. So, again, it still goes back to my, my initial question is yeah, I get that. Okay, fine. Maybe, maybe again, that I don't think they realize how hard it is for something like that to get catch and spread on like especially because in order to get on a plane you have to have a covid test within three days of correct. travel we know that because we're about to travel internationally and we all have to go get go get covid tested correct even mick even though he's been vaccinated so again my question goes back to the initial part of this is which is how how did the delta variant a get here that's where I'm confused, I guess. Maybe I'm just stupid because I don't see how the Delta variant got here. And I don't know, maybe that'll be a question we have to bring up in our next COVID spe- or COVAX special because uh, I, I'm confused as to how the Delta variant made it to the United States because that doesn't make any sense to me if we've had travel cut off for so long that it would be really hard for that to make it here. So my question is, is, is it really a Delta variant or is it what I think it is, which is a scary thought. A viral mutation. Exactly. And if it's that, that means the virus mutates upon contact with the vaccinated. Correct. The, sec- the second that it makes contact, it, this has happened before naturally. Yep. Believe it or not, this yep. has happened. happens all the time. Actually, it happens all the time. Yep. It, um, it's actually with the flu. Yeah. The flu actually, if it has strands, and this is what I, this is why I think it was, now I'm really going down the, the lab. It was made in the lab. Because if you think about this, right? Folks, the reason you go get a flu vaccine every year, 
isn't because the vaccine doesn't work. The vaccine actually does work, but it works on strands. So the strands, as the strands make contact with the vaccinated, what the, the flu vac, the flu being as smart as it is, as it is a disease, uh, smart as a disease can be, I guess you could call it. Well, COVID's smarter, obviously. Obviously. But, well, no. COVID's just on steroids. But the flu, as a disease, can be, you know, smart. It mutates itself to deal with the vaccine and then overcome the vaccine so you still get sick. So somebody still gets sick. Maybe not you per se, but somebody will still get sick from it. Because so, your your body, if you get the, the flu shot, your body, uh, the virus will mutate and you will shed it. So that is, that is the true definition of asymptomatic shedding. So when you get to COVID and we start talking about COVID and um, it's funny, uh, I heard a doctor the other day and I'm trying to remember his name right now off the top of my head and I cannot fucking remember his name. I saw him online. He was doing a, uh, almost like a Ted talk about, um, about the vaccines. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. God dang it. About I, the fear mongering. No, no, no. He I was, he was talking about COVID-19 specifically and that he doesn't think that COVID-19 is anything special. Co COVID-19 is a mixture of a couple different viruses all mixed into one. Well, not the viruses themselves, but the genome sequences from those viruses because of the way the genome sequence works out. Because it has the double CG, CGG um, repeating genome within its code, it has the ability to mutate. That being said, if that ab ability is there to mutate, that means no matter what vaccine they put out, no matter how much money they make off of a vaccine, the disease is still going to grow. It's just going to grow in a different way. One that we had unforeseen initially with the vaccine. So although the vaccine might work on one variant, it will not work on another. That being said, it's what, as he was putting it, because he had, he had done a lot of pharmacological work in the past. He was saying that it was a way that the pharmacies, the big drug companies, big drug, big, big tech, pharma. big pharma to make money. Because it's constantly, it's like the flu vaccine, except now you're talking about COVID. It's constantly going to mutate. It's constantly going to move. This was a way for the outlying bit being that China could make money. Yeah. And that's when you start thinking about just making money and that's what they're calling it. That's kind of a really freaking scary thought. I don't care who you are. Uh, boosters are coming. Well, I'm not taking that. So September. That's a kill shot. September. So, well, here, so um, American Military News reported that Biden is deploying COVID response teams to low vaccination towns nationwide amid Delta variant concerns. So President Joe Biden's administration is sending COVID-19 response teams, um, according to a White House official. Well, fuck all that. That means right behind that is more masking rules, lockdowns. more lockdowns. Yep. Uh, the country's going to shut down again. Great. Good job, Joe. And he was just on TV what the other day spouting off about how, well, this is the highest job increase. We've uh, $600,000. I mean, 600,000 jobs. You wish that 600,000 jobs produce $600,000. Yeah, no shit, dumbass. This retard is out there talking about how he's got the best the job strongest economy ever within four months of his administration. Uh -huh. Yet, hey, dumbass, this is still off of the backbone of Donald Trump, A. Eh? B, you had a false lot. You had a reason for the economy. You had a false economy fall or 
in fluctuation, if you want to call it, however you want to call it. If you're an economist, it was a downturn, but in reality, it was a fluctuation in the market because everything kind of just took a shit because we stopped doing everything because COVID. And uh, it just, uh, whatever. I, I'm to the point now where I just get so frustrated talking about this crap that it just blows me away. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry, my babe. I'm- That's okay. Um, so it's going to be made up of officials from the U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, and FEMA. And the teams will focus on communities with low vaccination rates and a prominent presence of the latest strain. That's going to be hard to find. Yeah, because what is the latest strain? Well, they're talking about the Delta, but the Delta variant, but they're going to focus on communities with low vaccination rates and high Delta cases. But- so, but that's going to, that's going to change because I already told you the CGGG yep. repeating genome that's within that sequence. It's going to mutate Allows again. it to mutate. Absolutely. So right now we're on the Delta because Christ, if we call it the India, we're just oh, racist. Oh yeah, no, that's racist. We're so, hugely racist. Well, so Epsilon what's the next one? What's the next one? Epsilon. So that yeah. would be the, what the Australian variant? or the South African variant or know. the German variant or the Russian variant or the Chinese Chinese. Well, that's the original. So you can't say that the China one is not original. It came from China. That's the O-Ridge. That's, that's the OG right that's there. That's the OG right there. Yeah. So the CDC estimates that 26% of current COVID-19 infections are the result of the Delta variant with cases appearing in all 50 states. The Biden administration continues to encourage Americans to get vaccinated despite the administration acknowledging it will fall short of the vaccination goal heading into the 4th of July holiday weekend, which ties right in to vaccinating the military. Because when you mandate vaccines to the military, you're going to get us a little bit closer to that 70% threshold that was handed down easily from Biden. Easily. You're talking 3% of America. So that's 3% that's ever put on a uniform. It's 1% of those 3% that have actually gone to war. It's 3% of those people that have served. So this is my next question, right? So he's talking about, and let me tell you something. It's not even a question. I'm just going to make a statement because I've seen it. I know you all have too. Everybody that's listening to me right now, you've seen the stupid commercials where they make that, where they show the old people getting reuniting with their families and their you know, the young oh, yeah. couples, I mean, they're running up, giving them hugs and everything. Oh, thank God the vaccines are here. Why don't they show that same commercial in hospital beds with, with the 300, 4,000 some odd case, 5,000, well, now it's like 8,000, I think, 8,000 some odd cases of the kids whose hearts are three times the size of any normal human heart. Not just kids, but that's also in young men. Yeah. So it's mostly- in, Well, I mean, kids, I'm talking to anybody younger than me, so- Okay, but- Think about it too. Uh, so you're seeing high rates of myocarditis and pericarditis. That they in- just started putting warning labels on the bottom of boxes Correct. or to these boxes, affixed yeah. to these boxes and these bottles. So in, in men, it's a, boys and men, might age happen. 12 to 35, what is the military primarily comprised of? Uh, men from 18 to 35. Yes. Well, 40. 40, actually. but you know, it, it's UOGs that hit the, the 40 mark in the military, but- um, I was an OG, so <laughs> was. Notice how I said was. Was. I was. A ho- so uh, what's going to happen to our troops when they are mandated the vaccine and they start ending up with heart problems? Well, because they're not going to be able to deploy with heart problems, even if it's a minor my- myocarditis, right? Yeah. If well, their you heart is inflamed. You wouldn't even be able to join the army. You're going to get rolled right yep. out. Be, they're going to even. They are, they, they'll they'll the cancel MEB you out. The board is going to be they will, so freaking busy. You're going to get backed up for years. They will cancel you in MEPS because it, you won't even get in. 
if you have myocarditis. Myocarditis. But if you get myocarditis from the vaccine, oh no, while no, yeah, in while, service, while in service, yep. How much money are we going right to end up? Out. How much money are we going to end up paying for that too? Because it's a requirement. So guess what? If it's a requirement, the government is now liable for anything that happens. Uh, no, for instance, no, no. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. That's where you're wrong. Oh, okay, you're right. If the it becomes mandatory, if it becomes mandatory, the government now becomes for all of those soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines. Um, even the puddle pirates, if it becomes mandatory from the government that says, Hey, look, you have to get a vaccine. The, now the government in the VA is now responsible for your healthcare. So for instance, if I were still in, and let's say the government came out and said, you have to get the, the vaccine. I had to get anthrax. I got 10% disability just for getting anthrax. But the army's never lied about any vaccines. Bullshit. Mm. <laughs> Hold on. <coughs> my bad. Mm. Oh, I hit a little tickle there in my throat. Bullshit. Oh, there it came out yeah. again. Damn it. Bullshit. I know they have. Because uh well, my first ex that the first ex wife is the reason. I know that. Because that led to her uh miscarriage. So, and that was a defect, an abnormality, a birth defect, uh, most commonly caused by an anthrax vaccine. And, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I disagree with that one completely. I know the the government's lied about shit before. Yeah. Like the government tells the truth. You got to be full of it. Get the hell out of here. That crap. Oh, we've never lied. Yeah. <laughs> the JFK wasn't killed by like a mob fucking Cuban. We know oh, the difference on that one. Well, so. But you brought up another one. You yeah. actually told me about this other one that really had my, my mind boggled for a minute there. Um, what was the, the story you were reading to me earlier? The one about uh, uh, the vaccines in prisoners. I think you said something about the vaccines in prisoners. Oh, yeah. So there's a, a judge in Ohio that is telling people that a condition of their probation is that they have to get vaccinated. Which I got to tell you. That's illegal as shit. I don't wholeheartedly disagree with that, though. I mean, it'll sterilize them. Well, no. I mean, forget all that. I don't wholeheartedly because if you start fucking up again, all we're going to do is give you a booster shot and boom, you're dead. Done. And guess what? We didn't have to waste. We didn't have to waste the time on a trial. We didn't have to waste waste the time on fucking, you know, making shit, you know, d keeping you incarcerated. All we did was give you a shot. Yeah, you, you fucked up. You were out again. And uh, you went and showed your dick to a bunch of kids. Boom. You just got another shot. Done. You're dead. We don't even have to waste our time with anything. We just give you a shot. And in a way, I, I know that sounds sick and it sounds fucked up. But look, if you hadn't put yourself in that position in the first place, you wouldn't be on probation. Yeah, that's so wrong on so many levels. I can't even start. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my fucked up brain, I guess. Then. Either way, I mean, I think it's... Hey, turn about. I mean, fair play, hey, you know? let's just all move to China where if if they convict you of a crime, they take you out back and shoot you in the head and charge your family for the cost of the bullet. There's no appeal. There's no, no, none of that. Just out, out back you go. Well, I mean, but we're talking about parolees for crimes that I'm guessing are pretty serious if you were in jail for it. We're not talking about people who just went out. Condition of probation. Yes. Yeah. No, that. That means like you're getting out of jail for like, or let's just say it, on good behavior it, for murder. Or, or it also means that, yeah, you know, you, you done fucked up. You did something stupid. And rather than go to jail, you're getting probation. And a condition of your probation is that you have to get the vaccine. 
Yeah, okay. That I, I that I can see. Yeah, that I disagree with. Yeah. Because that's not right at any level. But if you're getting released from prison, I, I would say, okay. Hey, vaccinate all of them. Yep, that's what I'm saying. No, because, I'm good look, with that. You know what? The ones that are going to come out and that actually really changed, they're not going to get a booster shot. But honestly, I'm not good with that because I, I have a whole nother theory on what the vaccine does to you on a a psychological level. Um, so I think it would make prisoners worse coming the criminally out. insane criminally it, it insane would, it would make their behaviors worse you would see a a, a a bigger rise in crime than we already have which i don't even know is possible you know uh, murder rate in portland went from it was up what 533 percent yeah last time now it's up 800 yeah it's like so, ridiculous now. you know it's just it's insane um so and it, it gets worse too it's not getting any better because cops are like no yeah, they're, they're not playing they're not playing nope. so um but this is this right here that I'm about to play for you is what got us to this point. Okay. This is the brainwashing stupidity. The fear. This is what the fear mongering has caused. So listen to this one. It's vaccination day. My heart is racing. I'm out the door. I hardly leave the house anymore. Who knew a pandemic could last this long? For an entire year, I stayed inside. I'd be lying if I said I didn't cry. Finally, I'm getting my vaccine. I'll see actual real life people. It'll be totally strange. Wow, am I so ready for this change? Because for the first time in forever, I won't be fearing for my life. For the first time in forever, COVID won't control my nights. Don't know if I'll get Moderna or Pfizer, heck, even AstraZeneca. Because for the first time in forever, I won't be alone. AstraZeneca, what are you, asking him to die? <laughs> <laughs> but really, the fear-mongering... That's not a fear-mongering. That's like... No, no. That is the, government the porn fear, right the there. The fear-mongering brought this person or people like this to this space where they're afraid to leave their houses, where they're so in fear of their lives from a, from a stupid little germ that they didn't leave their house for a year. And now they're lining up like the little fucking sheeple in their masks to take the COVID death shot because that is the fear that the government has instilled in them. It was uh, uh, this week, uh, Sam Tripoli came out with a, if you haven't listened to his new podcast yet, turn off this podcast right now, go listen to it and then no, come no. back to this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, San Tripoli released a podcast. He talked to a dude. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name now for the life of me, but he actually had some, uh, it was, it, it was kind of funny to hear it from his perspective because he's got a new wife, new son, everything else. They live in uh, Northwestern Idaho and the panhandle there in Idaho. And uh, he was talking about how great life is up there. And I, I was sitting there thinking to myself, I was like, man, that sounds like a fucking great way to live. And then he said something else that he was just like, look, I, and he's like, and then everybody else around here who walks around with, you know, wearing the duplicate mask, this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, okay, so it's not that great to live there. I mean, it sounded real red. I mean, it probably is, but he said, there's a lot of old people there that are walking around doing, uh, you know, just doing the retarded shit, like wearing two masks and all this other stuff. I'm thinking to myself, man, you know. It's really crazy when you walk around and you look, for instance, here 
especially in Georgia. I mean, we live in Georgia, so you know this is where I walk around ninety percent of my time. But we were down in Tampa too, and we saw it. And you know, we saw people just outside wearing masks. I'm, I'm sitting there, I scratch my head because you all do re, re, realize that even Fauci's come out and said that the number one killer of this disease is vitamin D. So if you're outside and the sun is shining, take your mask off, take your fucking mask off. What is your problem? It doesn't spread like that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get into a story right now because I've got a bit that just, we had a, uh, this came out of a jam. If you, if you don't, not sure what jam is, it was a research letter, uh, that came out of jam. It's the joint authorities or whatever, aeromedical, something, something or other. I don't remember exactly what James stands for. Anyway, this came from two doctors, uh, three doctors in total. Um, and uh, this was published on June 30th. And it was a, a, a study done in Germany about the issues with kids wearing face masks, specifically face masks. Because actually, VLN brought it up a couple podcasts ago. We talked about it in some of the things that were found inside kids' face masks, when they sent the face masks, face masks off to a lab to actually have them analyze, uh, streptococcus all the way to ammonia, pneumonia. pneumonia yeah. Um, what else? There was a bunch staph. of other staff. Yeah. Staph infection. Oh man, Jesus. I mean, just a lot of bad shits. There anyway. are kids that are getting staph infections on their face from wearing masks. It's and disgusting. This story came out. It was like many governments made the uh, nose mouth coverings and face masks compulsory uh, for school children. A large scale survey done in uh, Germany and the adverse effects of parents requiring children to wear masks and the data of 25,930 children uh, has shown that 68% of the participating children had problems when wearing the mask not wearing it, physical problems. They had health problems, like related health issues to it. A normal content carbon dioxide in the open is about 0.04%, which is rough. I mean, that's that's a little high. Maybe not for German standards, that's not very high, but for American standards, 0.02% is your normal carbon dioxide rate, period, wherever you are. Um, and that's per 400 parts per million. Um, at a level of 0.02% or by volume, 2000 PPM is the limit for closed rooms. Well, that's what we require per, pretty much even outdoors. I mean, it can't be more than 0.02 uh, for the German federal environmental offices and everything beyond is a level unacceptable. No disagreements there. Anyway, the weird part was the findings. Uh, so the ages were uh, 10 years old, 10 years, point, 10.7, which is... 10 years, seven months, or, um, and then the range went from a 10 year old to, um, 17 years was the cutoff. So 10 to 17 was the time frame that they, they did, they measured. And there were 20 girls and there were 25 boys. The measurements that were presented, uh, the carbon dioxide range within the kids, um, was added over c continuous covariate rate of the model. Now you'll be able to find this story because I'm not going to read every part of it, but I'm going to read the big parts of the results and the findings. Um, you'll be able to find this on our Telegram. I believe you've already posted these stories to mm -hmm. our Telegram. Contrast between the two types of masks uh, were significant. They tested two different masks. One was a cloth fiber mask or cloth fibrous mask, which would be any normal cotton cloth that we wear today yep. over your mouth. And then the other one was a surgical mask. And uh, both of them, 
already deemed, both of them were already deemed by the German government. Both filtering face pieces were deemed already by the German federal government and environmental office as a factor of six, which means that you cannot wear them because it's producing carbon dioxide kept to your face or carbon dioxide at such a level is over 0.06%. Understand people, um, if your ox- blood oxygen level ever falls below, for instance, in the medical world, 21 is the normal number for what we consider good blood oxygen. So if your blood is oxygenating at a proper level, you're going to have 21% oxygen in your bloodstream, in your body, because your body's actually dissolving the oxygen in your lungs. So when that number drops below 21 or your pulse ox drops below when we put those little things on your finger, okay, 95 is our cutoff. We hit 95, guess what I'm putting on your face? I'm either putting on a nasal cannula, depending on how low your oxygen level is, or I'm putting on a non-rebreather, and it's going over your face and mouth, and there's a bag attached to it, and that bag inflates with oxygen, and it forces oxygen into your lungs is how that mask works. So they're saying that this is 006 is what they're saying they found in all the studies from every kid, both male and female, from 10 to 17. And they said this this is completely unruled, un- unvalid for kids, okay? So 0. 0.06, 0.06, I had to look this up because I wasn't sure what they were talking about when they got to this point. But basically what it means is the carbon dioxide that you're breathing in, in that mask, all right, um, mixes with fresh air and elevates the total level of your carbon dioxide mix within your bloodstream. Now, understanding how carbon dioxide works is it doesn't like float as its own little thing through your body around with your blood cells. No, this attaches to hemoglobin. So it attaches to your blood cells. So instead of your blood cells becoming fully oxygenated when it goes through your lungs, it only gets a partial way. 1% carbon dioxide attached to one hemoglobin cell will almost completely shut down that hemoglobin cell, which means now every other hemoglobin cell is actually being oxygenated as it goes through your lung, as it goes through your lungs. So it's actually preventing oxygen molecules to interact with your hemoglobin. It's actually doing the same thing as sitting in your garage, turning on your car with your garage door closed. It's doing the exact same thing by wearing that mask over your face. And I believe me and deplorable Janet said it best, you know, it's your, your, your mouth is your exhaust pipe for your body. As you breathe in oxygen, that's the good shit. What we push out through our mouths is the bad shit. All right. So, um, the carbon dioxide mixes with fresh air elevates carbon dioxide content in of inhaled air under the mask. And this is more pronounced in the study in the younger children. So in the younger age group from 10 to 15 is what they're talking, the younger age group. And yet here in the States, they're putting masks on kids as young as two and three. Essentially what this leads to is a disease called hypercapenia. And hypercapenia is basically where what I just explained to you is those carbon dioxide cells are basically screwing with your hemoglobin, stopping the hemoglobin from picking up oxygen cells and actually oxygenating your bloodstream. What are the physical results of that? Uh, muscle fatigue, muscle wear out. You get a lot more tears, rips. Um, you'll get uh, in your muscles alone, in muscular tissue alone, because if you think about it, that's where 90% of that hemoglobin is trafficking that oxygen to. It's bringing that oxygen to your muscles. How fast 
your mo- your muscles recover. Uh, you'll see more tears, strains, sprains, uh, all sorts of different shit. Um, eventually, what it really does is it starts shutting down your capillaries. If it starts shutting down your capillaries because your capillaries become so uh, dichrotic or what they call dichrotic when they almost shrivel up and die inside your body, um, you're, they're no longer transporting, you know, to your tissue cells, you're no longer getting oxygen to your tissue cells outside of underneath your skin. So your soft tissue cells underneath your skin, you're not getting any oxygen there anymore because the blood is not transporting it there anymore because there's not enough hemoglobin that's got oxygen attached to it. So eventually your skin's going to start dying off. Essentially, we're going to start seeing things like, um, you know, you want to know where you see it most Hmm. is in, um, uh, your speed freaks, your, uh, um, Meth heads. Uh, meth heads. Because when their teeth start to rot and out. And they're scratching and their, their face their skin, and their yep. skin, their skin begins to peel and it starts mm-hmm. getting those boils on it. That's kind of the same thing that you would start seeing with someone. They actually have a thing that they were, uh, it was a, a drug. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's mainly in Russia, but you basically, and you, you keep injecting it, you get so addicted to this drug, it starts killing off your cells where you're injecting it at. And basically your skin starts dying and they essentially have to cut the skin away from you. When you come off of this drug, when they bring people down, people have lost limbs. They've, they've cut out chunks of meat out of their body from where they were directly injecting this thing because it's basically, they're injecting themselves with, um, uh, it's the same thing as uh, what we used to embalm a body with. Uh, formaldehyde. Formaldehyde. It's basically formaldehyde that you're injecting into your veins and it starts killing all of your live cells. So they have to go through and cut all of that out. You know what else formaldehyde's in? Beer? Traditional vaccines. Well, it's also beer too. But anyway, um, <laughs> it was concluded that children in Germany now this year, this coming year, are not going to be wearing face masks when they go back to school. Good. So the German government's already outlawed it. Uh, just waiting for us to outlaw it. I think we need to. It's right around the corner. I hope to God that's true. So I know you had one more story in relation to COVID or coronavirus, uh, uh, maybe a bit of a uh, affirmation of things that we've talked about in the past. Uh, the Batwoman. The Batwoman. <laughs> and what do they call me? Uh, forget. Uh, forget it. Don't even <laughs> So the walls are closing in on those who attempted to defect discredit and ignore the evidence of the last 18 months that the SARS-CoV-2 disease was engineered in in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So this came out, new Wuhan Batwoman, uh, the new Wuhan's Batwoman worked with the Chinese military while on weaponizing coronavirus using U.S. government money. Uh-oh. Didn't we talk about that? Yeah, we sure, yeah did. we sure did. Guess what? The New York Post reported on June 4th just about uh, Zhao Yusin, which, who I'd love to talk to. I'd love to get her on the show to have an interview with her, but we can't. Why is that? Hmm. Why can't we get her on the show? I don't know. Why can't we? She's dead. Oh, Unless yeah. we're going to use a fucking Ouija board, there's no way we're going to get her on the show. Okay. Uh, anyway, she was the, I mean, uh, if we did she that, was the doctor, anyway. she patented, uh, she asked for the patent for the coronavirus vaccine on behalf of the people's, uh, libera- liberation army in that February, 2020. That's no. why I didn't know who you were talking about. It was Zhao's, you yeah, said, no, guy. that's yeah. a bat woman. That's the bat woman. No, the bat woman's still alive. The guy that, that patented that. Oh, okay. Is dead. Oh, okay. Well, I thought it was the same person. Oh. Zhao was awarded the award-winning, uh, mil- sign. No, 
No, I'm right. I knew I was right. COVID-19 could be transmitted from human to human. Zhao was an award-winning military scientist who died May of 2020, but the Chinese government didn't issue in a report of death, and there were no uh, tributes to which one could expect that the decorated scientist had died. The only documentation of his death was the brief mention in July 2020 Chinese media report and notation as deceased, See, and his that his death. name on the research paper publisher in December of 2020. Yeah, his death. Zhao's, yeah. Yeah, him, not the Batwoman. Batwoman is someone different. Yeah, well, I'm talking about Zhao right now. I'm not okay. talking about okay, okay. the Batwoman. Former State Department investigator David Asher, who led the task force investigating the origins of COVID-19 and the role the Chinese Communist Party played, uh, told Keith Simmons, I'm very confident the military was funding a secret program that it did involve the coronavirus. I heard from several foreign researchers that observed that the researchers' labs in the military and military lab coats were consistent with that of the the virus. So this is coming from NBC now. We have finally come full circle. NBC is now starting to report this. It's only taken them fucking a year plus. But anyway, um, they think that they know what they're talking about. They really don't. Either way. Well, that's uh, because they don't actually do any research. Dr. Jing Ji at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, of course, the fact that and this is the she. Zhao was developing a vaccine for the PLA or about interesting, to say the least, the development of the timeline, but simply that Zhao was least one other Chinese military scientist performed coronavirus research with Dr. Zheng Ji at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Of course, the fact that knowing working for the PLA and the coronavirus research is a big deal in and out of itself, given how vehemently she has denied on numerous occasions that she did. In March, Dr. Xi told the State Department official, uh, Jane Metzl, according to the video from NBC, again, this is going back to NBC, in the beginning of COVID-19, we heard the rumors claimed about the laboratory, have some project, blah, blah, with the army, blah, blah. These kind of rumors are not correct. Mm -hmm. Whatever there, Mrs. G. It's interesting to say the least that NBC has taken part in this and more comfortable with the nation's coronavirus pa pandemic uh, originated in a Chinese lab which is what I was saying is that NBC has become very comfortable now that it is in a Chinese lab. So is that to say that the tide's finally turning, that the rest of the American public are going to see the same thing that NBC did? I doubt it, but whatever. Um, the Chinese military is better jointed uh, with some virologists uh, and the W and the who, uh, but to what end is this just because the information is coming to Dong Jingwei's defection? Say mixed NBC is now reporting that Dong Jingwei has defected. defected. And I've got some more news on that one too, because there was a whole part that we still have to add to this and remind me to bring up the DIA later. Yeah. Um, and a side note, the reaction amongst people has been a more narrative, more of a thinker type. Uh, and by the way, folks, just so you're all aware, this was reported on June 30th, but the original report of this, where they talk about Zhang uh, Dong Jingwei, if you remember, we were originally reported on it uh, the second or third week of June, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. This article came out the 3rd of June in NBC, with NBC. About Dong? Yep. June 3rd? Yep. It says Dong Jing's defection. I'm trying to get ahead of it or put any limit to it. Hmm. Funny, I didn't hear that on the morning news. Funny how NBC has reported this in the past, the first time. And how did NBC know about it? I'm confused. I only found out about it from an inside friend, but how did 
NBC know about it that early? I mean, if anybody's listening to us looking to take us down because we got to go to jail or something like that because we were standing outside the Capitol on January 6th, whatever. I'm just bringing up a very good point. Why haven't you gone and investigated NBC yet when they're putting out stuff that took place? And this was a report initially put out on June 3rd, yet we didn't report it till almost June 18th because I didn't find out about it until almost June 15th. So I got a real issue with this report, but whatever. So, all right. So why don't you bring up the DIA now? What's going on with the DIA? So I got got, uh, some more news from my source. He brought up some very good information to me, which I found very interesting. This one being the biggest one, because uh, you're not going to hear this in the news. I will put money on it. Um, Actually, I thought I heard something about it yesterday, but I I don't think it's the same thing. I don't think it holds the same weight that what he told me. So anyway, um, obviously, we brought up before that I have a source inside the DIA who told me that they do have Dong. Dong is still currently in their care um, at a black site being debriefed with all of the information he brought with him, which is tons. Um, And uh, it's been relayed to me that, yes, they still have him. No, the Chinese never got him back. No, he never got sent back, nor is he hanging out in China somewhere. No, he's definitely right here in the United States of America in a black site hidden. And he's being debriefed as we speak. Um, But it was brought up that they had a picture of Dong. Um. It was on the TV. Unless you saw it was that. a proof of life picture. I don't they, believe it. They were trying to say that it was a proof of life picture, that it took place at some meeting that took place. However, time and date stamp. we've got no time and date stamp on the photo. On top of that, some of our real good IT friends that have looked at the picture have told me that it looks like it was a cut and paste job. It is not an actual photo from the same conference because he said it goes into colors and aspects of colors and aspects of shadows that would just not be natural in a normal picture like that. And especially with the technology that China's got, there's certain things that you just, I'm sorry, you don't have shadows going six different directions on a stage. I mean, yes, normally there's one set of lights going one direction, but China doesn't have the light lighting like we do on stages where they have lights surrounding stages. This is a weird incidence. They have, they can look at the shadows and the guy, I, I don't know. It's all nerd shit. I don't pay attention <laughs> to it. Either way. He said there's just he said certain the picture was fake. There's irregularities in the picture. Not only that there's splicing within the pixels. And he said, you only see that when something's been cut, cropped and pasted into a picture. So he said, I don't believe that's dull. So, Essentially, we've already debunked the picture. The picture doesn't exist. It's not real. It's all bullshit. So we do still have him is my next gander. I mean, moving one step forward, we do still have him. So then my next question became, obviously, well, uh, if we still have him, uh, what the hell's going? Why are you calling me? Well, the bigger part about it was is what we don't see what's going on right now in the background in the government. Um, currently right now, because Joe Biden's really pissed off at the DIA because the DIA did not share any of this information. Uh, with any of the other agencies. But again, Dong came to the, to them with a very specific request that this not be shared with the FBI or the CIA. Because Dong, Dong knew that there are insiders in the CIA and the FBI. That's the reason he went, to, he went to the first three-letter agency that he knew that there were no spies in front of or in. It's amazing how he said also the White House has spies involved in it. No shit. Well, that's what I said. I was like, well, shit. Yeah, Hunter Biden's Joe Biden's kid. If he's in the White House, Christ, we already know there's a spy there. Anyway, long story short, he said that's another reason why Dong did not want the information directly shared with the White House. So 
the reason that you're hearing that the State Department doesn't know if we have Dong or not is because nobody's told the State Department, nobody's told the White House, nobody's told any other three-letter agency whether we have Dong or not. Because A, they can't trust them. B, shit, haven't we already seen it? Yeah. And C, look at the rest of this shit that's going on. Yeah. They're doing, the, the administration is doing everything in their power to get Dong back so they can send him off. Now it's gone to the level in which now they're trying to kill the DIA. They are now trying to shut down the DIA. How can they do that? That is a great question. Because they tried to shut down the Space Force and they got no. Yeah, they got no because that's been created, been proved by Congress. So that ain't happening. You got to remember, all that shit happens at the behest of Congress. What Congress? See, I have my own conspiracy theory on that one. We're going to get into that one at a later date because that is when I bring up the Space Force and I put everything back into play with what you know and don't know about, you're going to sit there and go, you've got to be fucking kidding me, Mick. Yes, I'm a gigantic cock tease today. But the bigger part about this is that the Biden administration is right now is trying to kill the DIA. That is going on actively as we're, we're sitting here talking today. How could that be made possible? Like, how is that? Even he would feasible? have to get Congress to, it would have to be a Congress approval or congressional approval. And that's never going to happen. No. So it it have to fall under the Intelligence Oversight Committee within the Senate, actually. To be honest with you, to destroy the DIA, you'd have to go through the Intelligence Oversight Committee, yes, because it would have to fall under – yeah. So he, that will never happen. So I'm not too, too worried about it. But my buddy did say that there are active attempts right now by this current administration to destroy the DIA. Which tells me they are scared. They are really they fucking scared. They are shitting scared. their which pants right now. brings up his second point. Even more so than Biden normally shits his pants. Which brings up a second point. What's the second I'm, point? You're really is, excited about this. Like you're making them, you're making, you're giving me static, okay? I know, I know you can't see it on the, the camera real well because our camera sucks. We're getting a new one, by the way, for all our Rumble followers. But uh, second one, and this is a big one. This is the one I love. Uh, yours truly, once again, I get to rack up another W. Okay. Um, my part about the memo. The Russian memo? Oh, yeah. You got the memo? I don't have the memo yet. You are a cocktease I do have. I do have confirmation that it does exist. Okay. And the memo is quite damning when it comes to not only Biden, but the past administration. Obama? Yes. Oh, bummer. Because that's what I'm going to start calling that administration. Because I've been calling it that for years. <laughs> apparently, Obama and Biden now sandwiched in between Trump. We all see the difference in the government. We Obviously, see the way that government's operating yep. way more different. If we if if Trump had never been in, if we had gone straight into Hillary, and it was just a continuation of Obama, you would never know worse, any of this you would shit. Never going know on. anything worse. Nothing. You know what? Uh, just a quick little tangent. Our, our camp- wow. Now you're you're like. You're stopping the dick, you know, you're stopping the cocktease because there's more information with that. Okay. I'm not done. So by you telling your story right now and your tangent. Okay, go ahead. Are you sure? Because I don't want to interrupt you because I'll get yelled at by somebody <laughs> online or somebody will make a comment to our fucking page and I'll have to deal with it. You no. sure? Yeah, go ahead. This is kind of bigger. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, go ahead. So to include, as you can see, because there is a great, we've seen now you went from liberal Republican to liberal. And we saw in the middle there how open and transparent the government was where we weren't seeing very much. We're not seeing very much transparency on either side of it. No, nah, it's opaque. The bigger part of it is to include, uh, there's also some details about Hillary in there, 
which that's the one I'm really waiting for because supposedly uh, this Russian memo has uh, where they've admitted that they've helped Hillary kill off people that we've thought for the longest time that you couldn't kill yourself with two gunshots to the back of the head. The only people I know that still do that are the KGB, SVR, GRU, which means they've been in cohorts with- So the collusion was actually on- The Democratic side. On Well, I mean, we knew that anyway, because they're, again, the masters of projection. So Exactly. When they say something isn't, it is on their side. So when, It just isn't on the Republican side. So the Russians have proof- Yeah, that they've helped Hillary that- eliminate people. Holy shit. That is, like I said, I'm still waiting on this. Okay. I don't have it yet, I but you. I do have confirmation that the memorandum is real. It is not fake. And I've reached out because I told you all last episode that I was going to reach out immediately after the episode was done. I did. I sent out text messages. I got phone calls back and uh, protecting their anonymity. I've found out that yes, it most certainly is real. I found it from now I've got two of my sources that have come back and told me that the memorandum is real. If I've got two, the other four, I'm sure when they're done looking, they're going to come back and tell me the same thing. Well, and they all work way separate of each other at different levels all over the government. So good luck finding them fuckers. (laughs) Um, you know, that's really interesting because, uh, the Clintons are also about to be in some more hot water. Because a judge, Judge Loretta Preska, ruled on Thursday that dozens of documents about Ghislaine Maxwell's personal affairs affairs should be unsealed in the next two weeks. Well, didn't we just hear some? Including, didn't we just hear some other news about Ghislaine? Like she was begging to get out of jail. Oh yeah, because she thinks that you know she and Bill Cosby have the the same situation. Yeah, yeah, no, um, that that's not going to happen. But also includes uh, funding. Let's see. Lawyers demanded documents from Maxwell, including funding received from the Clinton Global Initiative and the Clinton Foundation. And Clinton flew on Epstein's plane dozens of times and photographs show the former president with the financier and Maxwell. So this judge has asked for documents or is unsealing documents that directly tie the Clintons to Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Well, that's that's not good for the Clintons. It's really not. Not good at all because really now not. we're going to find out how down far down the pedophile pole they fall. I mean, frazzle drip. It doesn't get much worse than that. Frazzle drip? You didn't heard of you never heard of frazzle drip? The video that was found on oh, yeah, Anthony yeah, okay. Weiner's yeah, laptop yeah, 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 of his yeah, wife yeah. and Hillary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, talking about Frazzle. Yeah, I got you. Okay. No, not talking about it, the actual video Act of, of Frazzle Drip. Uh, yeah. Yes. I got you. Horrible. If you guys don't know what Frazzle Drip is, you don't want to know. No. To be quite honest. I, I don't even want to talk about it more than that because it's just, it's horrendous. Um, so, changing topic. Moving right along. Trump had a big rally yesterday. He most certainly did. Another one in Sarasota, Florida. And another, what, 40-something thousand people there. No, I thought it was 61,500, but okay, we'll go with 40. Whatever. That's probably what the news is reporting. Yeah, yeah. well, he he actually said that there were 42,000 people at the rally, the previous rally. Um, And he said there's just as many here tonight. So um, I only got to watch parts of it because we were out on a boat with no lights at yeah, night. it was kind of scary. Actually, doing some uh, 
Uh, no, we weren't doing anything illegal. We were watching fireworks. Yeah, we, we were watching fireworks, fireworks, but the boat that we had, the lights, all of a sudden, the fuse didn't work, blew, and yeah. it didn't work, and it was it was a little rough. A little rough. We, we literally to used our cell phones, cell phones to, get back. Yep. to get back. Bow and stern lights to get Going back. Going down yep. the intercoastal waterway yep. at, at a little like scary, 10 actually. o'clock at night. It really was. Um, but anyway, uh, so a couple things that, that Trump brought up in the rally. Um, you know, like, oh, he's been proven right so many times. Wonder what he's going to get proven right about next. Election fraud, maybe? Hmm. Well, he did make a, a very declarative statement in the rally the other day. You do. There's no there's no 2024 until, or 2022 no, or 2024 no. until 2020 is fixed. No. That one? He made a very declarative statement in that he wants to know who killed Ashley Babbitt. He did make that statement. Yes, he did. He absolutely did. So, uh. There's an and there's an interesting article on that, who killed Ashley Babbitt. Actually, when it makes a lot and of when sense. When Velen read this to me at first, I was like, "All right, yeah, whatever." But nope, uh, this one uh, it's actually quite scary, folks. This one actually makes a lot of sense because, in all actuality, if this ever happened, for instance, let's just say um, involving the president of the United States, I'm going to tell you right now, you're never going to know who did what. For instance, uh, uh, Ford's. So on, uh, President Ford's or Jimmy Carter, sorry, President Carter's, uh, what's her name that tried to assassinate Jimmy Carter, um, in California outside that building. I'm trying to remember her name. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Anyway, uh, she was tackled to the ground. You never heard who that agent was that did that. But when she read this to me, uh, it's quite scary because this is definitely possible. There's, there's some plausibility to this. That's all I can say. There's, it's gaining a lot of traction with me and I'm a hard one to gain traction with when you start piecing things together like this, especially very piecemeal, how this is being done. But, so this is from national file. And, uh, you know, we always say that Trump doesn't ask a question that he doesn't know the answer to. Right. Very so, true. um, he, he's like a, a really good lawyer that way. Um, no, he's a good investigator. A good investigator, a good investigator does not ask a question that he doesn't already know the answer to. So uh, from National File, many Americans have been led to believe that Capitol Police were responsible for the horrific execution of the unarmed veteran patriot Ashley Babbitt during the chaotic event at the U.S. Capitol building on January 6th. However, a new report from The Spectator suggests that her killer was a member of the United States Secret Service on security detail for former Vice President Mike Pence. Which, Apparently, it is an open secret in D.C., like people are talking about it at bars. Um, it's an open secret amongst the intelligence community. Um, Tell you what, I'll find out for you. Yeah, oh, please please do. Um, let's see. The VP's detail, of course, is provided by the U.S. Secret Service, not the Capitol Police. Um, one now, person folks, asserted to Cockburn over drinks in D.C. that this is basically an open secret in the intelligence community. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now. Let me tell you something. If this is, if this is the case, and I say if and I'm using the big capital, I know the floating ghostly could, you know, quote marks. If, if this is the case, if it is proven that that is it, we will never find out who killed Ashley. No, but that also tells me that where Ashley Babbitt was going, that's a big, uh, I'm sorry. And this goes back to what I originally said about Ashley Babbitt. I, I feel really bad. I trust me. I, I don't wish any ill will or harm on anybody. I don't, wish anything thing like that to happen to anybody, especially when they're, as far as I'm concerned, uh, exercising their first first amendment right, which is their right to free speech. However, um, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. This is one of those stupid games, stupid prizes type situations. As much as it sucks, uh, when you do shit like that, you go after 
the vice president, uh, the secret service is allowed to, they don't carry pepper spray. They don't carry batons. They don't carry stun guns. They carry real guns. They carry real guns that fire real bullets and they don't ask second questions. Well, if you get get shot, that that means you were doing something that was, you were getting close to putting someone because you got to think about it this way. And a lot of people do not think about it this way. She just happened to be the first one through the window. How many more people would have come through that window if she had not been shot? That's a great question. But how many more people would have been killed had she had not been shot coming through that window? So that, and those are all great questions, but something that you just said, I have another question for you. Um, they don't hesitate, but they also follow orders, correct? No, they don't necessarily. There's act not necessarily. Their own, but got, they yes, can, they do. They, they act they autonomously. Do, they do act autonomously, but they also follow orders. I I ask this because Putin asked a very question. Putin said, "Who gave the order to execute Ashley Babbitt?" Well, that could mean. All right, so, and I understand where you're going with that. Um, because he was in a suit, he was wearing an earpiece. It does not mean, though. Listen, there's okay. Yeah, that's the conspiracy theory. There's no proof of that. There's no proof if of he, any of it, really. Like, for instance, I want you to draw a circle, and then draw a smaller circle inside that circle. Okay, and let's call the first circle a failsafe. Let's call the smaller circle a point of no return. Okay, if you breach the first circle. It's our fail-safe circle, not necessarily. So, and what I'm boiling this down to, if you're all wondering, is the levels of protection, right? If you look at any given government building, right, you have an outer cordon, which is your uniformed cops and everybody else that's walking around. You have your inner cordon, which is your um, normally a mixture of plainclothes and uniformed cops. Then you have your inside the circle, which is all plainclothes. All they carry is guns and they don't fuck around. They're not there to fuck around. Um, so if you consider each one of those lines, like a, a, a checkpoint, if you will, or a, a threshold, you break this threshold. Okay. Not a big deal. You break this threshold. All right. We're getting a little bit more worried, worried. The second you come close to that threshold, or if you break that threshold, cause notice he did not shoot through the window. Notice he did not shoot her until she physically attempted to cross through that glass and then she was shot. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's that inner cordon. Now you're getting really close to where no, not no more. Now we're not fucking around. That is my point. There's not necessarily an order to be given. There is, especially in a situation like that, I guarantee Pence was moved. Pence was moved to a place that the secret service could protect him and understand folks. I'm not making any excuses for Pence. I, I think Pence is just as dirty as the rest of them. Yeah. And it's really hard for me to say that because I stood behind Pence. I was one of those guys that stood up for Pence and said, no, I think Pence is going to be a great vice president. And as it's turned out, I found out exactly the opposite that Pence wasn't. He was doing everything to destroy Take Donald from the beginning, from the inside, which is bullshit. The, to begin uh, with. Rod Rosenstein and yep. Yeah. Everybody else. Uh, but I'm, I'm when I'm making an excuse, I'm not even making an excuse for the secret service agent, but once you break that inner cordon though, they're really, that's like you're, you're entering a place or you're putting at, at danger, uh, the protectee. 
in which case they have every right to defend themselves. And, you know, it makes sense because if you re- if you recall right after January 6th, Trump and Pence had a little tiff tiff. Yeah, because Trump didn't know that Pence was still in the building. Yep. When all that went down. Yep. So and Pence never left the building. Pence never left the building. Pence was in the building the whole time. Matter of fact, when Congress came back into session on January 6th, if you all remember, I mean, we don't because we couldn't watch it because we were actually outside the building. We weren't anywhere near it, but we were on our way back to the hotel, but we saw it on the news. Uh, They went right back into chambers and finished out the vote and the counting of the electoral votes and the electoral commission was commissioned. It was done and everything was certified and off we went to January 20th. But again, it goes back to my point that this leads, this adds prudence to who killed Ashley Babbitt. I'm going to put money on it. it. Was probably a Secret Service guy because I think as more and more evidence develops from this, especially if we find out in the emails, you know, that it was a Secret Service guy, I, I I'm not going to be surprised by it. I I've said that from the get go, though. I've always said from the get go that look, I don't get me wrong, feel bad for, her, but play stupid games win stupid prizes. This just happened to be your stupid prize because you weren't supposed to be there. They told you not to go there. They had the doors locked for a reason. You busted out the window, climbed through the window. You just happened to be the first person shot. It could have been anybody. What if it was just some Joe Blow who wasn't a veteran? What if it was just some dude off the street that like served like the coffee? Guy we interviewed who was yeah. in the hallway when Ashley was killed. I mean, what if it was that guy? I mean, nobody and, would remember his name right now. We wouldn't even be talking about it. But the whole reason we're bringing it up is because she was a veteran. And it shows the contrast, the stark contrast, as far as I'm concerned, between government entities um, within their own collaboration. You know, because it shows a veteran who completely disagrees with the way the government's doing shit right now. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what this is all about, what the f- declaration's all about. This is... All goes back to that. It shows that stark contrast between the government and its people. Right now, the government is not doing the people's bidding. And that's where our problem is. And that's what we have to fix. Thomas Jefferson said it best. Sometimes the tree of liberty needs to be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Yeah. Um, And for those of our listeners and watchers, if you haven't gone back that far uh, to the beginning of our podcast, if you want to get an idea of what really happened on January 6th and really happened in that hallway from a firsthand perspective, uh, go listen to episode five, which was the interview we did with Joe, yep. who was in the hallway when Ashley Babbitt was shot. Um, the first time he really spoke about it was to us. It is it is raw. It's emotional. Yep. It, it's, it's, it's rough, but I think it would give a lot of people a lot more perspective on what's going on now if they heard that. So I encourage all to go back and listen to that episode, episode five, um, our interview with Joe, because that was a, that was a rough one and it's coming right back around. And I tried reaching out to him, by the way, and I've, I've not been able to get a hold of him. So I think he's probably in jail at this point would be my guess. Going to guess. Yeah. Cause obviously they had his face. They, yep. you know, we did not disclose his real name. Um, nope. we protected him a hundred percent. No one ever asked us about him, but I, I would guess that pretty much rounded up everyone except for those unindicted co-conspirators who, well, here's a question. Would it surprise you to learn that um, Nancy Pelosi was giving encrypted uh, orders to the head of the DC uh, police department, national, national guard, who is now her Sergeant at arms in Congress on January 6th. 
Did uh, I not through regular channels? Hey, tell me something. Yeah. Uh, we had a conversation. This is probably, oh, uh, well, this is a while ago, but, um, when we first started talking about how everybody's talking about how Trump's going to be put back in power, this, that, and the other thing, right? Mm -hmm. I told you, what was the one thing I told you? Who was the one person we needed to watch out for? Nancy Pelosi. No. What? The, the Sergeant, Sergeant Arms? Arms. Yeah. Why did I tell you that he was most important? Yeah, because if everyone else is out, it falls on him. Yep. And she installed him. He is her pawn The 100%. day after January they're, 6th. They're worried about him because they think he is the weak link in the chain. I don't know. That's from what I'm from what I've heard and what I've read. They are they're worried about him that he is the weak link in the chain that he uh, I don't know. I don't know enough like about the man. I don't know so. enough about the man. I know that he was a general in the National Guard. I, I don't other than that. I, I, I don't know enough about the man. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. So no. that will require some more looking. Yes, it will. Um. So. Biden has a new domestic terror strategy. Let's let's go on to that real quick. Holy shit. Yeah, sorry. I know we're skipping around from what I originally did. Go down a couple there, babe. Yeah, I'm because trying I, to I, catch up. I know. Right, but but I, I think that this uh this plays right into because they consider us all to be domestic terrorists given what happened on January sixth or what they've they claim happened, how they painted it. Um and I think Biden's new domestic terror strategy is is very interesting. So you want to you want to review that article? Real yeah, quick? the uh, Biden administration's first of its kind national security or strategy for countering domestic terror codifies the federal war on wrong think. And they highlight wrong think, which I find funny. In the sum, the document makes clear that its very imposition of wokeism constitutes a national security imperative. So when I say that. You would think what I'm saying is that it's uh, an imperative that we stop wokeism. It sounds like it. Doesn't it? Yeah. No. It actually implies completely the opposite. Well, we of should course. protect it. Protect, protect wokeism. It. That is the strategy uses public safety to justify the leftist domination of both public policy and public discourse, enforcing the regime's ideology. What did I just say? Regime? Did I say regime? Regime? Mm, yeah. That's what they used here. Um, justify that this is from. Uh, uh, yeah, it's an opinion piece from actually it's from Newsweek, believe it or not. Um, and it says Biden domestic terror is, uh, well, Biden's domestic terror strategy codifies woke war on wrong think. It's an opinion piece from Newsweek. That is a strategy uses the public, uh, public safety to justify leftist domination on both public policy and public discourse, enforcing the regime's ideology, a point at the point of a government gun. It comes as the backdrop of the woking of the defense national security intelligence apparatus and the executive branch more broadly uh, and the social, social uh, yeah, society itself, whereby those who run afoul of progression deemed bigoted and dangerous will therefore be liable and perched. That is his basic underlying note in his new national security strategy. Surrounding. If, if, if you don't fall in line, you're going to get purged. Yeah. Put into a, a what? Re-education camp? Probably. Something yeah. like that. Yep. Or uh, wear a gold star walking around. I don't know. I mean, the last time I heard any talk like this, again, 1939, Germany. I'm pretty sure it was the last time we heard about it or something like this. Well, here's another one that goes. Right. But it, okay. the strategy falls clearly defined to who's exactly it's targeting. 
meaning the target could be ever moving and ever growing. It strongly implies that the threat consists of nearly half of the electorate that voted for President Donald Trump in 2020, which is interesting because they, this guy has the balls, and this is weird coming from Newsweek, that he directly points out that they're going after Donald Trump's cohorts. Uh, but it does, though, invoking the Capitol riots and identifying domestic terror threats as warning of narratives of fraud in recent general elections. So if you talk about election fraud, you are a domestic Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. license yep. 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 That's what kind Getting of, canceled. that's what really focused me on this article. Because when I read that, I was like, holy shit. Hello, Rudy. Uh, Rudy, why haven't you drawn this guy out from Newsweek and let him argue your case? Because Christ, if you can't argue your own case in New York, let this guy do it. He's not a lawyer. Um, either way, this could spur, spur forthcoming attacks on focusing on now, now get this. This is the one that really got me on this one because there was something else that happened last week that we kind of briefly mentioned that we didn't really get into, but I want to get into today. Um, narratives of fraud, uh, in the recent general election, uh, spur forthcoming attacks focusing on racially and eth ethically motivated violent extremists, as well as anti-government or anti-authority extremists to it to include in the kind of extremism that the left cynically conflates with mainstream conservatism, which is crazy because you say, well, Mick, why is that important? Well, last week we reported on it. It was like, uh, we, we gave it maybe five minutes. We had a really couple real doozy shows last week, if you remember. But, uh, one of the things that we focused on at the end of one of the shows, we said that the first person who was not inside the Capitol was arrested. And he was ratted out by his neighbors, now, I believe. Has everybody heard what he was charged with? What was he charged with? Hate speech. Hate speech. Hate, Mick, hate speech. What, what did I just read to you, folks? You can literally yell, you can, regardless of what Biden says, by law, you can yell fire in a crowded theater. How is this person being charged with hate speech? Correct. Well, this where this gets more this gets crazier. I don't know exactly what this person was doing yet. We still haven't found out much about him. We know that he was arrested. Uh, we don't know much else outside of that. We don't know what else he was doing. We don't, we know he wasn't in the Capitol though. He has come out and said that he wasn't in the Capitol and I don't even know his name. Quite honestly, I know it's a guy. Yeah. That's all I know. Uh, anyway, the weird part about this is that, uh, this is demonstrated, for example, in the casting of the claim, the Capitol riot purportedly incited was rooted in white su supremacism under Nancy Pelosi, which she recently declared, which she did, and the arguments and the electoral integrity and the laws and tantamount to Jim Crow, as President Biden has assorted to, which is now buttressed by his Justice Department's actions, because they did just arrest this guy, and this guy was arrested for hate speech. Um, and it claims that the speech was to insinuate violent extremists and, and refers to the purpose and the pose and the persuasive threat of the homeland deemed by the government and the whole of society as laid out as planned. It expects us to realize the politicized Biden administration led intelligence assessments that downplay the threats of the left while leaving little just conclusions for that of the right related and dubious threat bulletins that have brought out often skepticism throughout the government. So long story short, they're basically saying that anybody that was involved um, in the January 6th riot or, well, they call it the insurrection. We call it something completely separate. A I mostly believe. peaceful protest. Mostly peaceful protest, honestly, because nothing got burnt down and nothing got looted. Um, it treats all of those in the collapsing narrative surrounding it as murderous, armed insurrectionists threatened to topple a republic. Here are my arms. 
Yeah, there were no weapons. There That's were no it. guns. The, these were the only arms we had, the ones that were attached to our bodies. Not really sure where they're getting all that from. But this is their, we talked about it the last show. Um, this is them rebranding something that's not very popular right now in the mainstream today. Because everybody knows that this is becoming more unpopular. And now that they've arrested someone that wasn't even inside the Capitol, this person was outside the Capitol, never made entrance into the Capitol whatsoever. Now we're really seeing the throes of the government come forward. We're seeing the leftist, the not even the leftist, it's really the Marxist ideal uh, coming forward. Brown shirts. Yeah. Brown shirts. Well, Facebook is falling right in line with the brown shirts. Well, that's a scary thought. Well, uh, not really because yeah, I've been I, off, we've, we've shit, how long have I been? Off? Yeah, since January 6th. Um, so Facebook is now asking Americans to tell them if any of their acquaintances, friends, or neighbors are extremists. So that people are getting messages on their Facebook pages saying, are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? We care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential support. Mm-hmm. Or you may have been exposed to harmful extremist content recently. Violent groups try to manipulate your anger and disappointment. You can take action now to protect yourself and others. So Facebook is, a- is asking you, to rat out people that you think might be conservatives. That's really what it comes down to. But you know what? Sean Morgan had a great idea on how to combat this. Anyone gets this message? Absolutely. Say yes. And report anyone that you see that had any BLM, Antifa, even trans stuff on there. That's extremist. All of it. Actually, I just say flood them with BLM reports and Antifa reports and market as January 6th Republicans. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. Just overwhelm them. Yeah. And then also put Joe Biden in there. Oh yeah. Because I'm sorry. That's he's an extremist. Yep. AOC. Yes, definitely. Uh, what's her name? Uh, you know, come along. I mean, Kamala or camel toe, camel toe Harris. Yep. Put her in there. Um, who's the other one? Uh, uh, the, Oh, the two Muslim ladies there. Elon Omar. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. But yeah, no, I mean, both of them in there. If, if any of your friends are hardcore liberals, they're, they're extremists. And I think you should report them on Facebook. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not on Facebook. I can't complain. Well, all right. So another thing in that article that, that struck my attention where it talked about the DOJ actions, the recent DOJ actions, I think that could also have been referring to the DOJ suing Georgia. Well, yeah, well, obviously that has a, a larger bit because am I? No, you pulled that other article over did there. I? Yep. Because I mixed up the whole. Yeah, you did. I really did. Dang it. You see, this is what happens, folks. I'm just <laughs> you know. Because now I'm like, uh... well, there was a. You should, it should be right back up on no, top. No, it's not. The DOJ you missed suit. a whole. You missed a whole one. But let me see. Oh, yeah, that one. We'll get to that we haven't one. gotten to that yet. Uh, the Supreme Court ruling uh, in Arizona, just in case you all weren't aware, there was a Supreme Court ruling that just happened. Um, and no, it's got nothing actually. Th- those two aren't actually tied together at all. But uh, basically, Supreme Court came out, and I don't know if you all saw this. This was in just the news about SCOTUS and the Arizona ruling. Uh, restrictions uh, that could spell trouble for legal challenges for the U.S. Attorney Merrick Garland and Georgia's election law integrity law that they're planning on suing Georgia for. The court ruled Thursday in a 63 vote that set the Arizona voting rules that do not violate federal law. They, uh, I'll say that again. The court ruled Thursday in a 63 vote that set the 
that a set of Arizona voting rules do not violate federal law, breaking the long conservative liberal ideological lines that the court found that the state's withholding or voting policies were not enacted in a racially discriminatory purpose that would have violated the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Essentially, the court came out and smashed all the court cases here henceforward that echo or mirror what Arizona's rules are uh, for voting. Um, so Georgia, Georgia pretty much echoes it. Vi- Florida echoes it. Uh, Pennsylvania echoes it. Uh, every state that's come out with real voting rules that say, Hey, look, you just got to be able to prove that you're a citizen in, a, in the state of Georgia or in the state where you live, blah, 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 for your mail-in ballot and everything else, blah, blah, blah. You've got to get a form of ID. Um, and FYI in the state of Georgia, you get a free state ID. Yep. You can so, get a free state ID. It's super easy. And uh, they're just saying that you have to prove that. If you can prove that, then you're good. Um, and basically what SCOTUS came out with this decision and they said, hey, look, guess what? Um, all this crap about this isn't legal and that this violates a 1965 uh, voter right tech. Guess what? Uh, there's a bunch of liberals. I saw them this morning. They're backpedaling big time about this Voters Rights Act. And now, uh, well, we didn't mean that. Didn't what? mean what? How do you, it's how, pretty late. I mean, it's laid out there in black and white. You said in 19 that this voted this violated the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Uh, oh well, we didn't mean it that way. Okay, whatever. Anyway, this is going to make it in the future anything that comes forward from the voting rights uh, initiative under any of the other state laws when the DOJ goes after them, it's going to make it even more difficult for them to actually make a case. Because now there's precedent. Yes, and there is preset precedent, which means now they can just rely to one thing and they can make it now this whole thing completely unconstitutional. So moving right along, though. Um, as we slide into another thing, uh, one of former's, and we're trying to move this along, folks. I know it's already gone on a couple hours, but we're going to try and keep this under a ridiculous we time. We do talk a lot. Uh, former Trump advisor launches new social media platform, Getter. Get her done. Get her done. So Jason Miller is slated to launch Getter, and he's a former Trump advisor uh, from his time frame. Uh, he announced it in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Recent, he was the chief executive for Venture Headquartered in New York, which is a registered design and software, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, it's going to be an open, it's pretty much going to be an open thing, but Getter's going to be, you know, apparently it's already out there. There's a beta version being tested right now. People have tried, tried people try to get on it and they've had so many people try to get on this thing that they shut it down because it literally destroyed the bandwidth of their beta version test. Yeah. It got passed around like, it went. It went on Telegram. Worse than a Vietnamese prostitute Twitter. in nineteen sixty four. I tell you what, <laughs> it went wild, and everyone I heard had the same story. You put in because you have to get an email verification code, and you didn't even get the email. Or if you got the email like six hours later, the veri- verification code had already expired. So, so from what I understand about it, it's supposed to be a mix between Twitter and Facebook. Essentially, is what it's going to boil down to, um, and it's going to be open. You're you're not going to get censored. It's a censorless pa- platform. Blah blah blah. This that and the other thing. Um, anyway, this guy supposedly a halfway decent dude. From what I understand, I don't know much about him. I've read a little bit, but I know that Trump's behind this and, uh, he's down with it. So getter will be the next social media platform out there for everybody. Hey, and another one to keep up with. Oh, yay. But you know, bring one on, drop another. I've already dropped Facebook, so I guess I can bring another one on. Yeah. I was about to say, I mean. That, that's I've lost done. four of them and I know I'm getting back to having some, I mean, we've got rumble now we've got, 
You have Instagram. I've got Instagram now, but I can't get back on Facebook for whatever reason, but I can get on Instagram, which is run by Facebook. So that really surprises me. That's, that's weird. Isn't it? Anyway. Um, but they're still coming up. Well, they tried to come after Trump and, uh, here, I'll read this one. Uh, You get that one. Yeah, I'll take this one. So (laughs) we talked about this a little bit, uh, last week as well, that they were not indicting Trump because they couldn't find anything on him. That's correct. They did, however, indict Trump's CFO, the Trump Organization and CFO. Um, so, or the illiterate types, that's a chief financial officer. Yeah. So uh, Jeffrey McConey, McConey, longtime controller of the Trump Organization, became the first employee to testify before a grand jury after he was issued a subpoena. Um, let's see. The corporate office will not plead guilty. And we will make an immediate motion to dismiss the case against the corporation. So basically what happened is the CFO of the Trump organization uh, had a corporate car. And while he was getting divorced, Trump let him stay in one of his condos. That's a pretty nice boss. Yeah. Okay. Guy looking out for his employees. Yeah. Uh, so Not according to the government, though. Yeah, because the, the government is indicting him because he didn't declare that on his taxes. Correct. Are you fucking kidding me? No one has ever been indicted for not declaring incidental benefits on their taxes. That's a fine, a small fine. At best. If anything. Not an indictment. There is no precedent for this. We were just talking about precedent. Our law runs on precedent. And I know there's no precedent until there is, but there's precedent against this, right? It's not happened before. This is not the first case like this ever. But no one's ever been indicted for it before. So there is no precedent well, to indict this guy. That we're aware of. I mean, there could be. I mean. If there were, we'd have heard about it already as soon as this came out. This is true. So. Well, you got to remember, though. I mean, I always uh, think about how they got Al Capone. They, they get them all on tax evasion. Exactly. They got Al Capone on tax evasion. They couldn't prove. The alcohol smuggling, they couldn't prove any of that shit, but they got them by cooking the books. And uh, mobsters generally are brought down that way. However, that's a mobster, not a politician. Well, see, but that's the thing. They consider Trump to be a mobster, and that's why they're trying to take him down on tax evasion. But they couldn't because his taxes were pristine. Yep. They went through three million transactions. Yep. Three million transactions. They're bitching about counting 2.1 million ballots. But they were able to go through three million transactions looking for evidence against Trump. Correct. Okay. Not not, not that being they had told gotten re- that reports they've got of reports it. Of exactly. No, shit. this no. was a fishing they're, expedition. They, they they found the criminal, and now they're looking for the crime, according to what they think. Exactly. What happened to innocent until proven guilty? Well, that's not the case in the government. I've already said that. Well, that's true too. So they are they are you're guilty until proven innocent they are actively going against trump and anyone associated with trump because they are terrified they are absolutely 100% now, terrified it we we keep saying that that thing that they're 100% terrified and everybody says well and they i've, so I've heard it I've, I've heard it over and over again well why are they terrified they're in power well are they that would be my first initial question my second statement, actually, that was my initial statement. My second statement would be this. It shows you how weak their Lego log cabin is built. 
meaning they're missing some logs oh, down at the it, base of that bad boy. This is kind of like this is built like strong wind is like, blow it and I, this might be too soon, but this might be built like a condo down in Miami. I'm just saying that's probably a little too soon. Is it too soon? It may be because the condo in Miami took 40 years to drop. And did you hear there were two other buildings that dropped recently too? Like in well, they, since that they, happened, they just brought it down. They brought them down. No, they brought them down. Mm, okay. They brought them down on purpose because they they're not they're on set right near them. They're all within the no, same no. One complex. was in Buffalo, New York. I didn't know about yeah, that. Yeah, no, there was a building that dropped in Buffalo, New York, and they're trying to cl- what claim climate change on that one too. It's not oceanfront property. There is no ocean in Buffalo, New York, and it wasn't built on. And it's not in sand. the middle of winter. Yeah. So anyway, um, we'll but, get back to that. But but that's neither here nor there. Either way, um, this is like just shows you how bad their foundation is. Their foundation sucks so bad that they're so worried that something's going to happen that's going to topple everything. To include, I mean, shit. We've already heard of the infighting between the Harris and the Biden regime. Now we're also finding out that Harris is now what? Harris's own staff is saying, uh, run for the fucking hills. Yeah. Uh, like they're, they're, they're that bad. Like for instance, uh, we found a story, uh, this was in Politico. Uh, Vice President Harris finally made a decision to visit the Mexico border last week. People inside her own office were blindsided by the news. For days, aides and outside allies have been calling for the t- and texting each other about the political fallout from a potential trip that would entail. But when it became known that she was going to El Paso, it left many scrambling, including those who were responsible for making arrangements and others outside the VP's office, charging and crafting messages, messaging across the administration. The handling of the border vi- visit was the latest and chaotic moment in the staff's quickly becoming mired in them. Harris's team is experiencing new lows in morale. Go figure. Uh, porous lines of communication is diminished with trust among aides and senior officials. <clears throat> Much of the uh, frustration initially was directed by Tina Floria. Florino, I guess is how you call her, uh, Harris's chief of staff and the veteran Democratic politician uh, began working earlier this year. Long story short, the story goes into there's a lot of infighting right now amongst the Harris uh, within the old um, just Harris's camp period. Because she's a shitty leader, and she's a shitty manager, and she can't deal with her own people. Yeah, and she blames everybody else for everything else in her that all her failures, um, and then takes credit for all the successes, which aren't many. So I'm not really sure what successes they're referring to. But long story short, there's a big fight going on between Biden and Harris's staffs. Um, each one running from different parts of the building is what I've been told. Apparently, Joe Biden has visited Kamala Harris's office as many times as Kamala Harris has visited the border wall. Really? Yeah, which is zero. So them trotting her out like she's the president or his handler at every public appearance is all just... For sure. For sure. Yep, as we thought. I well, mean, we've, we we've never, we we've never thought that they were... Well, uh, funny, you know, God, I Peter Ducey is killing it. In the White House press corps. He's the only one that actually asks questions. We never thought that we'd ever say that about Peter Deese. I know. Or Fox News for that matter. I know. But he, he really is killing it. So he actually asked Jen Psaki about this. And, and here's what, what she had to say. that some vice presidential staffers reportedly feel like they work in a, quote, abusive environment? Well, I would first note that I try not to speak to or engage uh, on uh, anonymous reports or anonymous sources. I will say that uh, the vice president is an incredibly important partner to the president of the United States. She has a challenging job, a hard job, 
uh, and she has a great supportive team of people around her. Uh, but other than that, I'm not going to have any more comments on those reports. They're really showing themselves to do really well. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, she has no other comments on this. She has no other comments. So she has a really hard job. I, I'm sorry. The vice president is a figurehead. They don't do shit. They're, they're the heir. Just, just in case. Right. I mean, they do a lot of state trips normally. I haven't seen her do a she whole lot of state I mean, trips. she went to El Paso. That, that doesn't count. Well, she went she, down to Mexico and Guatemala. She and, did go to Guatemala. Yeah. And, and she got and, called out down there and too. And they told her to go home. <laughs> but she got called out down there too. Yeah. Why, when are you going to visit the border? Yeah. Uh, I, I, she doesn't like hard questions. Neither no, is Joe though. Neither no. is Joe. No, no. In fact, Joe went off on some reporters for actually asking some questions. So yeah. why are you right. asking me this? This is a holiday weekend. I'm 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 oh come on, man. My yep. diapers are full. Yeah. Gotta go to bed. Yeah. Where's my sippy cup? Or someone asked him a question about Russia and he had just been briefed on it and he had to pull out note cards to to refer to. Come on. Um come on, man. You know, and this is just really quick and interesting little side note here as well. Uh John here to help on Twitter, um, who is John Dr. John McIrvney, uh, and I think he used to work at Fort Detrick. That's that's kind of the going consensus right now. And he is running for Senate in Maryland. So he put out a thread actually back in on St. Patrick's Day of this year that, uh, you know, we had said that Joe didn't have access to the nuclear football because he didn't have a security clearance. John here to help said that actually the reason he doesn't have access to the nuclear football is because he could not get through the whole sequence of, you know, you have to read certain things out. He, he couldn't complete it and they can't help you with that. Yeah. There's numbers and stuff that he has to actually physically, there's actually words he has to physically speak. He has Correct. to remember them, yes. memorize them. And he couldn't. That does not surprise he me. He couldn't. So he has no nuclear football and there have been other stories going around about like the nuclear football is not where it's supposed to be. Nor is it, it coded to Joe Biden. So. Correct. And then, and Kamala is, is, only like she technically has one, but only if the the president. Yeah, is, his code's got to go down is, first. Exactly. So like right now it means that his uh, chief of staff has got the codes. No, apparently they were both given back to the military. Well, that's a scary thought. So they're saying that, uh, or John here to help is saying that if in case of nuclear, whatever, uh, our response time is over an hour. You know how long how long would it take for an ICBM to get here? Yeah. Hour, hour 45. Okay. So, um, yeah, we have no nuclear option right now. Well, let's, let's, well, we don't know that. We don't know that. John here to help is saying that we have no nuclear option. And we have said that before based on other information that we've We've, gotten. We've gotten, yeah. And according to John here to help, um, the rest of the world knows that as well. Well, it, there's a... That's uh, a scary thing. There's another story that came out this week too, uh, something I want you all to go take a look at and read. It is a very, very long piece. Um, anyway, because uh, we, I've heard a lot of different things and uh, the newest one I heard, which really kind of made me laugh, is uh, now the liberals have come out and said that Tucker Carlson made up the whole bit about him being spied on by the NSA. If Tucker Carlson had made it up, then the NSA would not have felt the need to respond. That's what I said. Uh, that was my first immediate reaction, right? Anyway, uh, and I know we we go over this a lot so because um, I did do a lot of work with intelligence in my time in the military um, and the numerous jobs I've had. Either way, there's a uh, 
story that came out, uh, surveillance without borders, the, the traffic shaping loophole and why it's, it matters. If you remember, I always refer to certain things. I talk about a couple of things. Um, this came out in the Century Foundation. So you can look it up. It'll be attached to our telegram. It's in our telegram. It's yep. very long though. One of the big ones you need to watch out for in here is uh, EO, um, Executive Order 12333. That is the Intelligence Oversight Executive Order. Does not apply to public law enforcement. Does not apply to um, even that federal law, law enforcement unless the federal law enforcement is now looking at a foreign entity. Um, when I tell you that uh, an intelligence agency, let's just say, comes across, uh, has to uh, come up with, I don't know, fuck, uh, 30, to, 30 to 90 days, between 30 and 90 days, you have that amount of time to either determine an American citizen is involved. If like your information, for instance, yours, VLAN, comes across my desk and I'm doing something I'm targeting um, Ali Baba Al Hawadi, whatever we were talking about, yep. Al Hussein, whatever. We were talking about him before. And the two of you are legitimately talking to each other about a plot to, you know, destroy something in America. I've got between 30 and 90 days to determine whether A, you're involved in it, B, you, you should become a target of my investigation, or C, you need to be dealt with with civilian law, law enforcement. And if I determine that I can't do civilian law enforcement because you have something to do with them, then under FISA, I have the right to continue to monitor your, under a FISA court, I have the right to continue to monitor your electronic communications with Ali Abdullahi, whatever his name is. We already know how amazing the FISA courts are. Yeah. We already know that they can be corrupted too, apparently, as yep. we found out. So anyway, that's what this really boils down on. Uh, down on. This is the intelligence oversight. This is, it's a big deal because in 1961, um, if you all remember, uh, obviously nobody really does. I mean, I don't know how old some people are. Listen to us. In 1961, there was a great big intelligence problem in the United States of America, not necessarily in our foreign efforts, but it was more in our internal efforts. Uh, we were targeting the hippies. We were targeting intelligence. People were being used on college campuses to target individuals that were attempting to incite um, or abrogate uh, anarchy. Anarchy, revolution. yeah, revolution. Yeah. Essentially, um, hey, go figure. Hey, nineteen sixty-one. Who was our president at that time? John F. Kennedy. Sixty-one to sixty-three was John F. Kennedy. Yep. Holy shit. So you mean to tell me that Americans were fighting back against a democratically elected liberal leader? Interesting. I thought I saw that before somewhere else. Oh, yeah, that's happening now. Anyway, so that's where the intelligence oversight shit started. Um, started back then. 12333 is something that the intelligence community has latched onto. If you do anything with intelligence work, you have to sign a document once a year that you understand what intelligence oversight is. Not only that, you have to be briefed on it. What can happen to you? How much time you can go to jail? You have to understand, this is a very long, involved thing that like, look, you fuck up, you're going to jail for a very long time, very long part of your life. And that's just for maybe holding onto a name one too many days too late. Um, and not getting the approval to do that. And that name being associated with an American person, now you're really fucked because now you're going to jail. Um, that is why this is how the NSA thing is very damning. It's very bad if they were doing it. I'm not going to go all the way into this article because it is some like 30 pages long. Um, 
it's an interesting read. If you're interested in it, if you want to read it, this is actually a really good explanation as to what EO one, two, triple three is. Um, it's, it's scary when you really think about it because what we can do in the intelligence community to an American, um, it's scary, but we have checks and balances. There are things there that stop us from just outrightly doing it. Like we just can't go and do it. You just can't decide one day, well, I want to know what V Lynn's talking to Ali, Abba, Baba, whatever his name is and what they're doing. I just want to go. No, I just want to, you can't do that. It takes a lot and you need Pfizer writs. You need, and it's a writ. It's not a warrant at that point because a written warrant is just the difference between a judge and a magistrate. And we'd be going in front of a magistrate. It'd be one of those really weird courtrooms where nobody else is allowed in there. It's all silenced. It's in a very secure place that nobody in there is above or below the level of top secret. And you're sitting there talking and uh, the conversation that you have, you have a lawyer, uh, literally another mouthpiece sitting right by your side, who's handing you documents with shit that's just blacked out in it because you're not allowed to talk about that in that courtroom because there are people there that are not cleared to hear what you have to say. All you are allowed to talk about is what is not blacked out because that's the stuff they're allowed to hear about. It's pretty crazy. So if you all want a good read, uh, something to put you to sleep really quick after about probably two pages, <laughs> grab that sucker because it's about 35 pages long. And uh, I'll show you the front cover for my Rumble viewers. Uh, you see it looks like an information superhighway type shit above this guy. Just take a look at it. It's really weird. I, actually, I think some of our interest, our, our listeners may be interested in that. So um, last story to wrap up. Uh <laughs> 2020 was such a crazy year. So much crazy shit happened. I mean, just taking COVID out of the equation entirely, just 2020 in general, right? I mean, eruptions and, and freaking murder hornets. And I mean, just all, sodomy all, geese. Yeah. All kinds of craziness happened in 2020 and 2021 just told 2020, hold my beer. Yep. Oh, definitely. So the Gulf of Mexico is on fire. Folks, it literally is on fire. It's literally, it's actually Pretty weird. It's it's actually on fire. So there's the video for those watching on Rumble. The Gulf of Mexico is on fire. Um, it, it check it out if you haven't seen it. It's, it's like it's, one of those things that you, you. It's almost unbelievable. Um, so Mexico. This is from Mexico City. Mexico's state-owned oil company said Friday it suffered a rupture in an underseas gas pipeline in the Gulf of Mexico, sending flames boiling to the surface in the Gulf waters. Uh, Petroleus Mexicano said it dispatched fire control bumps, uh, boats to pump more water over the flames. Uh, Permex, as the company is known, said nobody was injured in the incident in the offshore Kaumalubzot field. Okay, that's great. The comments under the Daily Caller story on Twitter were outrageous. This is how just, well, well, they were hysterical. They were hysterical, but this is just how like just immune to shit people have become after last year. So, um, here we go. Cause you are about to come out level five. Let me guess. This is in the Pacific rim. Um, let's see everybody grab the hot dogs. You save 16 cents on and meet me here for cookout. No grill needed. Referring obviously to Jen Pasaki trying to talk down how everybody's going to save 16 cents this year on 4th of July food. Exactly. Awesome. Another excuse for them to raise gas prices. Very true. Uh, who had Kaju coming up from the ocean for their 2021 bingo card? I, I knew I should have picked that one. 
<laughs> All operators are busy dealing with other world-ending tragedies. Please try your call later. I said that should have been apocalyptic tragedies, but... This gulf is on fire. <laughs> I can't even. The fireworks show in Bikini Bottom is lit as fuck. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> well, I guess we can take using water to extinguish it out of the equation. Very true. Reason why Galveston is a no every time. So hell is coming up through the ocean. Um, yeah, let's see. Pretty much. It's like a scene straight out of a sci-fi movie or text out of the Bible of ocean set on fire. Yeah. <sighs> okay, but at least there are no more mean tweets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't make it up anymore, folks. It's just... Yeah, well, back in my day, we could pull oil out of the ocean without setting the whole dang thing on fire. What's your excuse? <sighs> the Gulf is celebrating the 4th of July. It's early, early sea fish fireworks. It shows you that down in Bikini Bottom, they are having a hell of a fireworks display. Oh, and, and someone put up a picture of of dude from The Hobbit with the, the ring over, over the gulf on fire. Um, I, this is just, I can't even. This looks like a job for the Avengers. Yeah. This one probably didn't make it on the list of 16 sites that Biden gave to Putin at the summit. It probably actually didn't. This probably is, a Russian sub down there that's starting all this shit. Uh, this is a portal to the underworld. The portal is opening. Um, yep. Let's see. <laughs> the world. The water is on fire, bro. We gonna die. But me driving an electric car will help global warming. It will. It it will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Godzilla farting. <laughs> I I don't I don't know about that, but okay, I'll play ball. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I just, I, is it ever going to end this? Actually, this is the comment I was going to make before when I, I interrupted you and then I let you continue talking. So, um, cause I'm so gracious like that. <laughs> anyway, Folks do not believe this <laughs> bullshit. So our youngest said to me the other day, he said, mom, why, why are we going through all this? Why do we have to go through all this? Why can't everyone just be be nice? Like, wh- why? I don't understand why we have to go through all this. And I said to him, you know what, buddy? You don't appreciate the good until you've seen the bad. When we get through this, and, and we will, we will get through this. We will appreciate what we have won more than we ever would have before. We will appreciate our freedom like the revolutionaries in 1779 appreciated their freedom. No, 78. Whatever. You know know what I mean, though. Because you cannot really truly appreciate the good in anything until you've seen the bad. Because you you have to have a baseline of comparison. Right now, um, Very true. Our baseline of comparison of of the bad is so great that the the good that comes out of it can only be exponential, or we're all going to die. One of the two. One of the two. So, um, couple comments. Real we've quick, had, we've had some. Yes, uh, QAnon Jack. Holy shit, y'all on top of it. And no, Mick, we Californians didn't vote to let guys in the bathrooms with the girls. Uh, I. If you listen to that, I know there's a couple comments about that. People came out blasting me about that, including on uh, Rumble. Yeah. Um, look, I, I, if you listen to what I said, I said I, I know there's a ton of Republicans in California. All right. 
but y'all haven't spoke up loud enough yet to conquer your brothers and sisters out there that all decided to vote liberal. I know you all didn't do it, but you guys got to get out there, start preaching the word, get out there, start telling everybody, Hey, look, what you're doing is fucked up. It's going to end to it. It's good. It's going to be ugly. I, I, I'm beginning to, Trust me, as we get closer, as things progress with this, I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to the belief that I, I don't know if California went blue. Uh, I'm getting closer down that road where Beatlin's already at, where she's pretty convinced that California went red. Uh, yeah. I'm not too far off from that, but you guys have shown me a lot this year. I'm hoping to see more coming soon because you know, you're know you already trying to get rid of Gavin Newsom and everything else. That's outstanding. But your choices for, you know, taking care of that is what's its name? Um, Caitlin Jenner. Jenner. Uh, come on. It's just a, that's a tough one for me to swallow. I still think Rick Grinnell should run for governor in California, but I, I just think we got to start doing more. We have to get out there. If you listen to us and you live in California, get out there, start uh, kick our podcast out to people, tell people, listen, if you can't do it, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Let us do it for you. But if that's not the case, please, uh, start doing it yourself. Start red pilling people. Do your best. Um, and I apologize, Kuna. I'm not. I'm not yelling at you, man. I'm not yelling at anybody else. <laughs> I forget who the lady was that yelled at me um, on Rumble. I apologize. I don't have Rumble pulled up in front of me, but um, there was somebody on Rumble who said something about it too. Yeah. Jay Hall, appreciate everybody's uh, sympathy about the dog, uh, about our dog, about Roger. It really sucked. It's been a tough one, uh, but I appreciate everybody. Everybody sent a bunch of messages about that. I appreciate that. Um, and as I responded, thank you. Roger was an inspiration. He was the runt of the litter, but he still did eight combat tours as a search and rescue dog. He was loyal, loving, and friendly. And he'd rip your arms off if you threatened someone he loved. And we should all strive to be more like Roger. So again, uh, keep the comments coming, folks. Uh, like I said, we're, we're not scared. You know, if you're going to call us out, call us out. I, I'm not scared. to. I, I'll explain myself at least. At least give myself a chance. I'm not going to disagree with you outrightly. Uh, I will definitely uh, tell you um, the whole deal. Um, other than that, we also, uh, who else? Well, somebody else commented on our thing too. I was looking for that one. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe there was one, one other that I was thinking something else about. All right. Uh, you got any more comments you want to go over real quick? I um, mean, I'm trying to find the rumble one actually right now. So I'm going to that one. So fish fry said, well, thanks for the shout out. Hey, did you comment? We're going to shout you out. Yep. So there's, there's a, there's a twofer for you. So, um, you know, we appreciate all the support. We are actually going to be uh, joining Alt Media Alt United. Media. Yep. Uh, we had a good conversation with Mark from Alt Media United yesterday, and um, well, we might bring him on here pretty soon. And we're going to be going on his podcast, which is My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, pretty soon, um, and maybe a couple other ones as well, which we'll let you know when that comes up. Um, so uh, that's very exciting. We are again now on Rumble. Uh, the Patriot Party podcast, all the P's are capitalized as yep. the C in cast. So uh, that's how to find us. And- that's our channel. Um, and uh, we'll have a link in the description underneath as well. Vicki Farmer, you're the one that called me out. I got you. Yep. I you're, I know. I know that y'all didn't vote for the Democrats. I got you. I, I didn't mean it that way. I wasn't meaning that way. I just mean that we've got to get our message out. We've got to push our message. That's it. We need to keep standing up for what we believe in. Correct. And that's, again, brings me back to peace. You know, peace only goes so far when, when they, when they treat you like a doormat, you can no longer be peaceful. You have to stand up and say your peace. 
your piece, not general piece. You have to stand up and say, stand up for yourself, stand up for your rights, stand up for what you believe in. Shout it from the rooftops. Do not comply. I believe they call it civil disobedience. I believe that's what it's called as well, but yeah, not so hundred percent sure on that one. But <laughs> either way, be be uh, defiant and claim your freedom. Defiant freedom, as we like to say, defiance is seventeen seventy six. Yeah, seventeen seventy six, as we're supposed to be. So, so uh, again, for the Mick. And Lynn. We appreciate you listening. Uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your Independence Day. I appreciate you all coming by and checking us out. If you do it today, if you do it tomorrow, enjoy your uh, fourth day off from the government that they gave you. Um, I wouldn't take much from the government personally myself. But uh, as we always say about this time, uh, I just uh, – oh, we one other thing real quick before I forget. I hope you all enjoyed the beginning of this. Uh, we were watching the matrix this, this weekend. Cause they had it on like repeat loop and it was at the fire department. I was on the AMC and I saw that ending and I was like, Holy shit. I like that. So we're going to probably start off every episode like that. I like that beginning. Yeah. I like having Keanu in there telling us "Hey, look, I know who you are. I, I know how we feel now. You know, I'm going to hang up this phone. I'm going to tell all these people, what's really going on. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to tell you all what's really going on. So, uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Hope you have good fireworks tonight. Uh, good weather to go with it, especially if you're out in the Midwest, West coast. I know you guys are dealing with a little bit of a heat wave right now. So happy 4th of July. Yeah. Uh, happy independence day. Enjoy it. Uh, make sure you read your kids, the declaration of independence today. Uh, that's what I do every independence day. So, uh, definitely get on that. Um, and uh, make sure they understand what their freedom is about. Because freedom isn't free. And I ain't got much more to say. I mean, I'm pretty much, I'm not going to take it. Not going to take it. So enjoy, folks. Enjoy your evening. And uh, we will talk to you later. Have a great day.